to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from May 10th, 1996. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good morning. From Cactus Country to the Hawaiian and Tahitian Island chains, eastward to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south into South America, north to the pole, and worldwide on the Internet. This is Coast to Coast AM, and I'm Art Bell. Hello. Well, I've got a lot to tell you about. Something you're going to run and want to get your calendar for, I'm sure. And I would not have believed it was possible. But I did give it a try, and I am amazed. Coming up this next Wednesday, May 15th, at 1 o'clock in the morning, Pacific Time, Richard Hoagland, in debate with Apollo 14 astronaut Dr. Edgar Mitchell, kind of going to be the radio events of the century. And I make no predictions about its outcome, none uh, but um, you wanted it, you got it. Richard Hoagland wanted it, he got it. And I will uh, tell you a little bit about uh, the genesis of this. Richard Hoagland, uh, uh, as you know, has been on my show many, many times, and now Dr. Edgar Mitchell with a recent appearance. And Richard Hoagland has uh done a lot of work to try and prove to show that there are large glass structures on the moon um we've had him on the show many times and then we had dr edgar mitchell apollo 14 astronaut on and he basically said green cheese and baloney in response to richard's work and so earlier in the day today, I called Dr. Mitchell and offered him a debate with Richard Hoagland. And his initial comments withheld, he said no. I said, okay, fine, that's kind of what I expected. And then he said, oh, wait a minute, maybe I've been a little hasty. Let's do it. So I said, fine, let's do it. So I suggest you mark that one down on your calendar. Richard Hoagland, an Apollo 14 astronaut, the guy who stood there, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, together uh, for at least uh, some period of time, uh, May 15th at 1 in the morning. And uh, I want to thank both of them for uh, accepting the opportunity. And uh, I need not tell you uh, how interesting it's going to be. Now, this evening at... Well, in about 20 minutes, uh, we're going to have a brief guest on the program. As you know, I'm a science fiction aficionado. I love it. One of the first science fiction books I ever read was um, one of my favorites, remains one of my favorites to this day. And uh, it's called Lucifer's Hammer. Well, guess what? We've got the co-author of Lucifer's Hammer, uh, Dr. Jerry Purnell, as a guest coming up uh, in about 20 minutes here. And I'm really looking forward to that. I, I read Lucifer's Hammer I don't know how many times. It is one of my favorite topics. For those of you who have not read it, it is a book 
about an asteroid and the Earth. And we'll talk more about that. And uh, I know uh, Dr. Purnell is working on a new book right now. We'll talk to him about that as well. If he's willing to talk about it, we'll see. So there's a little bit of what's coming up on, on the show, uh, both next Wednesday and this this evening. Uh, otherwise, we will have open lines during the night tonight. You all know by now about Operation Purple Star, the biggest, uh, actually the biggest war game uh, that has been played uh, most recently with tragic results. Uh, 50,000 uh, U.S. and British people involved. Biggest, actually, in a decade. Um, two helicopters collided. And uh, there are 14 dead, 14 dead Marines as a result. That was at Camp Lejeune, which is where I was born, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And uh, it's pretty awful. A CH-46C night helicopter transport collided with an AH-1 Cobra attack helicopter, both great big monsters. There was, uh, at the time, darkness, night vision goggles were in use. I'm sure many of you have seen some of the coverage of some of the faults thought to be contained um, when using night vision goggles, the misperceptions. That may or may not be part of it. We don't know yet. IR Today's helicopter crash brought back painful memories for me. 81, I was a naval corpsman attached to the Marine Air Wing in Tustin, California. One evening while I stood watch in the sick bay, the crash phone sounded. It's like the one today. Two choppers had collided, gone down. Seven Marines died in this one. One survived. I'll never forget the sight sounds, especially the smells that terrible night. So there's going to be a lot of investigation. They're going to try and determine whether um, military planes and aircraft... Helicopters are kept in the same kind of condition as civilian. There's some indication that the military craft Ron Brown was flying was not safety-wise anywhere near ready for civilian standards. Awful tragedy at my birthplace. Uh, the House has passed adoption benefits. You adopt a child, you get a $5,000 tax credit. For families earning up to 75000 somewhat less for those to one fifteen hundred and fifteen thousand. Um, Colby's uh, autopsy results are back. No foul play indicated. The State Department says the Clinton administration has decided against imposing sanctions on China for the alleged export of nuclear weapons-related technology to Pakistan. Ooh, isn't that something? State Department spokesman Nicholas Burns says no sanctions are needed because China has now agreed to make no such sales in the future. How many of you think we can trust the Chinese? Raise your hands. A newly declassified U.S. intelligence document says that Nazi leaders plotted in the waning days of World War II, get this, a post-war return to power in Germany. Document refers to meetings in 1944 between Nazi leaders and top German industrialists to plan 
a secret post-war international network to restore the Nazis to power. Can you believe that? That sounds just like something out of uh, a science fiction novel. You know, the Nazis are back, but they almost were. So it seems what man can imagine uh, more times than not occurs. Tonight, an hour ago, Reuters. Is it a bat? Is it a witch? Is it from Mars? We only know this much. It is furry, has big, bulbous eyes, and sucks the blood of goats and other creatures. The mysterious vampire-like creature known as Chupacabras has gripped the fevered imaginations of many Mexicans. Now, people here. While government officials appeal for calm, enterprising trinket sellers have jumped on the bandwagon with chupacabra t-shirts, key rings, and so forth. In Tijuana, they're offering tours of sites allegedly linked to the creature. This is Reuters I'm reading you about an hour ago. Some say it is extraterrestrial. Others say drought in Mexico's northern states has driven bats, wolves, and coyotes to carry out the attacks. The witnesses say it sucks their blood until they die, leaving telltale puncture marks on the neck and other mutilations. A one man so far has been attacked in Mexico. Two bite marks. And so the mystery of La Chupacabra continues, and certainly, folks, begins to deepen. This, Art, last night, no, check that. Art, I thought you might like to know, the goat sucker is now in Arizona. Last night on the news, Channel 3, they reported that El Chupacabra was seen in Tucson, Arizona last week. A boy woke up to see it in his room. After he screamed, the creature jumped through the window, breaking it as he did. Really? Can you imagine that nightmare? I mean, when you're little, you jump under the covers frequently enough to avoid imaginary monsters. How do you like to have El Chupacabra show up in your room? Good Lord. Then this, aren't they at a teaser for the 10 p.m. news here in Los Angeles on Fox, Channel 11? One of the stories they talked about was about what in the world is killing small animals. They showed about half a dozen dead rabbits with big holes in their necks. Is Chupacabra here in L.A.? You know, and all we have is rumor of the fact that some Mexican cowboy may have killed one. It is claimed. A powerful concoction of illicit drugs dubbed homicide, dubbed homicide on the street, sent 116 of the drug abusers into Philadelphia hospitals. Philadelphia, I said. An official with the Philadelphia Department of Health said most of those admitted Thursday night had been released. But several people remained in the hospital. He said the drug killed five people in Philadelphia in February. Lewis said the drug was analyzed as a concoction of heroin, 
cocaine, scopolamine, I guess it is, which is used as a sedative or hypnotic, vitamins, and a cough suppressant. Hmm. Health department officials said that for about seven hours Thursday, drug users with overdose symptoms were being rushed to Philadelphia hospitals. It gives me the heebie-jeebies, folks, to talk about something and then have it come true before my eyes. You know what we talked about the last few days, and then all of a sudden, boom, here we go. Uh, so, there you've got it. And again, I want to remind you, because it will be the event of the century, uh, it's going to be interesting. Look, I... Um, this next Wednesday at 1 o'clock, we're going to have uh, Richard Hoagland and uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell here. And it should be it should be something indeed. I've got another newspaper article here, this time from the Oregonian, yesterday, entitled, Militias Draw Up Plans for War. And so it is um, confirmation of the story that I've been giving you for the last couple of days about what lies directly ahead with regard to the militias, and I'll try and get to that this morning as well. Have you heard about the creation cannibal? Rodney Hines, a California resident, was recently arrested on charges of stealing and eating the remains of four people. Hines explained to police that he believed doing so would enable him to live forever. Unlike Jeff Dahmer, Hines did not kill the people he ate. In fact, what he had stolen was cremated ashes. Hines ingested the ashes by sprinkling them on regular food, seasoning, I guess, huh? and by snorting them. <laughs> After hearing Hines bragging about his immortality scheme, an acquaintance tipped off the local police. The authorities in Chico, California, had been investigating the disappearance of several urns from a local cemetery, and they made the connection. Gives a whole new meaning to the idea of having a friend for dinner. The full story is in our Enigma section in Periscope. See you in cyberspace. Indeed, cyberspace. If you would like to join us in a chat, you may do so. Be a lot of fun. Um, what you do is go on America Online right now. Uh, click on keyword a keyword, and enter the word Periscope. That's P-A-R-A-S-C-O-P-E, Periscope. Then when you get to Periscope, you go to the Grassy Knoll. Don't you like that name for a chat room, the Grassy Knoll? <laughs> Where I guess you can all lurk. <laughs> and I'll probably be in there in a bit. 
So um, AOL, Periscope area, then the Grassy Knoll chat room, and it's a big gathering every night now, and you'll enjoy some people that uh, listen to this program, and the comments are ongoing about it in there. Let me give you the appropriate telephone numbers to call when we get to that. The first-time caller line, for those that uh, never have ventured forth, is area code 702-727-1222. 702-727-1222. The wild card direct dial lines, area code 702-727-1295. 95. West of the Rockies, it's 1-800-618-8255. 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. 1-800-825-5033. If you're outside the good old U.S. of A., Get hold of your AT&T uh, USA Direct operator or get the USA Direct number for your uh, country and then dial 800-893-0903. 800-893-0903. Well, okay, when I was a youngster, I say youngster, I was really um, on the island of Okinawa at the time. I read Lucifer's Hammer. It was a book about a collision uh, with Earth of an asteroid. It's one of the better science fiction books that I've ever written. It was co-authored by Larry Niven and Dr. Jerry Purnell. And we're going to have Dr. Pornell here in a few minutes. And it captivated me. It originally sparked much of my interest in space and topics of this kind. It simply riveted me. And I'm kind of curious what, uh, what book Dr. Pornell is working on now and what he thinks about all the rather recent close visitations of uh, comets and asteroids and meteorites and all the rest of it. I mean, there really has been a lot. The modern version of that might have been without warning, which also was, I thought, uh, one of the better television shows I had ever seen. It was a modern version. Without warning was the modern version of Lucifer's Hammer. So we're going to explore all of that here in a moment and talk with Dr. Pornell. I think you'll find it absolutely fascinating, and I recommend you stay right where you are. Pass the word, folks. <laughs> It'll be um, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the man who stood on the moon in Apollo 14, and Richard Hoagland. Wednesday at 1 a.m. Pacific Time. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from May 10, 1996. Morning, everybody. Coming up in a moment, Dr. Jerry Parnell, co-author of Lucifer's Hammer, one of the greatest science fiction works of all time, in my opinion. He's working on a new one. We'll see what information we can pry from him about that. It is truly a great honor to have uh, Dr. Jerry Purnell on the show, uh, who co-authored uh, many years ago with Larry Niven, Lucifer's Hammer. Doctor, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi there. Haven't been on this show in years. <laughs> in years, huh? Uh, when you say this show, I guess you used to be on with uh, Ray Bream on yes, KBC in L.A. Yes, Doctor, I'll tell you what. We're almost going to have to ask you to switch to a phone. I know it's not oh, going to okay. be as good for you, but the audio is just not coming through. Okay, thank you. Uh, he's got a headset is that there. Better? Oh, that's very much better. All righty. Yes, much better. And, um, Doctor, many years ago, your science fiction book, Lucifer's Hammer, was the first science... It, it's what introduced me to science fiction. It's what got me going, and I've been a fan all these years. Well, that's terrific. Um, and it's just... I think it's one of the best works ever done on the subject. Uh, for those who haven't ever read it, uh, it's a classic, and could you, would you give them a brief outline of... The premise of Lucifer's Hammer? Well, Lucifer's Hammer starts off with a comet. You, uh, somebody, it's in fact, it starts at a Hollywood party. And an amateur astronomer has just discovered a comet and having a good time telling everybody about its coming and it's going to come close to the Earth. Well, as time goes on, it turns out it's going to get a lot closer than they thought. And indeed, <clears throat> it turns out it's going to get very close like it's going to hit us, or pieces of it are. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the first half of the book, is that it's coming. The second half is what happens afterwards, because it makes a unholy mess of things. Well, you know, it was strangely prophetic <laughs> in a lot of ways. We have had a lot of very uh, recent uh, close calls uh, in the last few years. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember, I think it was 89, wasn't it, uh, that they announced sort of the day after, gee, a big one almost hit. Well, that was a big meteor, which, in fact, I guess came closer than the moon's uh, yes. orbit, which is, that would have made a mess, not quite as big a mess as Lucifer's hammer. With Lucifer's hammer, <clears throat> I mean, we, we exercise some storytellers art in there. We, instead of having one great big thing that fried a, a whole lot of the earth or maybe all of it at once we broke it into chunks so that there was enough left that you could have a story afterwards <laughs> right which may not be the case in in real life one well of these you days. never know i mean we now know that about every well it's not generally known the earth is hit by about 20 megatons worth of energy every year <laughs> of foreign objects uh -huh. That's a lot, 20 megatons. That is a lot. But most of it burns up in the higher atmosphere, and you don't uh, you don't know about it. 
Every now and then you get something like the Tunguska event of 1905 in Siberia, where a stony asteroid went off with about 10 megatons of force at maybe 10 or 11,000 feet. Mm. Fortunately, that happened before we had all these nuclear weapons poised to blow each other up or somebody, because you couldn't have told the difference between well, the one and the other. They, the, the Russians could easily have thought it would have been an atom bomb, except that it wasn't, of course. Um, if there was something coming our way, evil, comet, asteroid, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, do we have the ability, in your opinion, everybody always asks this, mm -hmm. to stop it? Do we have the... Uh... If you mean... No, we do not. Uh, we, if you mean, could we have the ability in the sense that could we do something that would, uh, now that would let us be able to do it in a reasonably near future, yes. Mm -hmm. But we don't have any strategic difference. We don't have any, <clears throat> it surprises most people in this country that we have no missile defenses, as an example. To speak of, we don't, do we? We have none. Zero. If we knew that a missile had been launched from Libya, to land in, down in in New York City, or the Chinese recently said that if we interfered with their operations in Taiwan, that we really wouldn't want to do that because Los Angeles is more important to us than Taiwan. And you're in now, a, you're, the you're official in a... that said that has since disavowed it. <laughs> but if we if we saw a missile launched from China at Los Angeles, all you'd do is run, and you'd have about 20 minutes. So we you couldn't shoot it down. We have nothing to shoot it down with. So you wouldn't run that far. You wouldn't go that far. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that doesn't mean we couldn't do it. Okay, we now know how to do these things. It's just that we don't deploy them. All right. Well, what about something that would be coming at us that we would have some days or even weeks warning days about? Days or weeks doesn't do it. Uh, it would take a couple of years to develop the capabilities to get to space fast, basically. Um, and if you had a crash program and you threw everything at it and you try to do it, who knows? I, 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 I am sort of an unofficial advisor to NASA on a lot of things, and I know something about our capabilities. And if if you just went all out for everything, you might get something up there. You, you, you're what you're trying to do, of course, is to get enough explosive force at the center of gravity of whatever's coming at you to aim it in a slightly different direction. Well, so if, it, if it was an iron, a piece of iron... You wouldn't uh, see it. You, you wouldn't see it? You wouldn't know it was there. That's the problem. Again, if you had space-based radars looking, it, it's not indetectable in theory, especially something like a large iron, an a iron asteroid... We know one of those hit, and by the way, it wasn't all that big. Uh, you know Meteor Crater in Arizona? Yes. Yeah. That was a, a, an iron asteroid, of, uh, quite small, uh, under 100 feet in diameter. Under 100 feet. Wow. Yeah. It was quite small. If it, uh, You know, when it, uh, there was a company formed to go mine it, thinking that anything that made that big a crater would have had to be a lot of very valuable nickel iron down there. Right. Turned out there isn't much. <laughs> it wasn't very big. It just was a lot of energy. It's moving very fast. Um, oh, tell me, if Shoemaker Levy Nine, the pieces from Shoemaker Levy Nine, yeah. had hit Earth instead of Jupiter, it had been just about like Lucifer's hammer. The result would have ended up about like that. You'd had big tidal waves, uh, lots of coastal areas flooded, uh, mud 
mud showers all over the place, salt rain ruining crops. All right. Well, what I've heard, Doctor, is that we will not see the one in all likelihood that would hit us because it would be coming directly at us, and that would prevent astronomers from getting a good look at it. Is there anything well, to that? Well, that's, again, not necessarily the case. You need to look from space. Yeah. What you really need, if, if you know, every 10 million years, approximately, something really big hits, I'll give you... Give you a number that will surprise you. Your chances of being killed by a a large object from space are approximately the same as your chances of being killed on an, uh, in an airplane crash. Well, that's... Just to say, it's a low probability event for any individual. Yeah. But in the case of a large object from space, the while it's a very low probability event, the number of people that it'll kill is a very high number. If you see what I mean. I do. Doctor, did you happen to see on television what I thought was the modern version of Lucifer's Hammer, which was called Without Warning? Uh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, <laughs> what a great uh, flick that was on television. Um, but I'm, I'm more concerned uh, with reality. There's, have you heard of a, uh, a comet out there called Machold's 2? Yeah, there there are a bunch of them. I used to be on the board of directors of the uh, Lowell Observatory, and we'd get briefings on what they know of out there. It is about every 10 million years, something big hits the Earth. It's in that range. And by big, I mean big compared to meteor crater is small. Uh-huh. I mean big. I mean like the Gulf of Mexico type big or Hudson's Bay type big. What would that do to the Earth? I mean, yeah. generally, aside from... It would make a great big mess out of things. You're talking about the release of enormous amounts of energy. Uh, it would turn the lights off. That's probably what killed the dinosaurs. Well, if it could kill them, it certainly could do... A... It wouldn't do us any good. You'd have about four years with almost no crops. <laughs> You'd have to try to live and... I mean, think of four years with of winter. No, it's unthinkable. It would destroy the economy of the world. The economy would be gone. Some people would live through it, but you wouldn't have much crops. You wouldn't have much economy. You'd just... Uh, <clears throat> a great deal of the of the electrical generating structure would be gone so that you're not going to grow stuff under lights. You're talking about... What? I don't know. When Lucifer's hammer, I think we figured something like a quarter of the population survived. Mm-hmm. Maybe that. Maybe less. Does um, our solar system, uh, I'm not an astronomer, but does it move through areas of greater uh, density of that these objects? That appears to be the case, uh-huh. yeah. And again, that that's, uh, you know, uh, you've got me on the exact numbers, but we, we orbit the center of the galaxy with a period in the millions of years. And some parts of where we go appear to be richer with 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 debris out there and so forth than others. Um, the premise of your book that an amateur astronomer uh, discovered yeah. Lucifer's hammer, um, that is, in fact, it's, it seems like the way comets uh, are discovered. Are. Yeah, yeah. professional astronomers spend most of their time looking with great big telescopes at very far away objects. There are a few observatories like the Lowell that, that spend a lot of time looking for, for smaller objects and solar system stuff, but most professional astronomers aren't interested in anything that's under a billion light years away nowadays. 
Great. <laughs> Great. And uh, and how much do you think our military is actually doing in terms of having some sort of radar that could see? Not in very much. They'd like to, but they, but the trouble is that the administration has interpreted the Strategic Defense Treaty, which was made with the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, which no longer exists. Right. But even so, we are honoring this treaty, which with an entity that isn't there, that has greatly limited the strategic defenses, and most of the things that could be used to defend against meteors would clearly be very useful in defending against uh, um, uh, large space objects. So you wouldn't be able to delineate between the purpose? Well, not really. I mean, if I've got something that can shoot down things coming at us, then it will obviously do a better job of getting the close ones than it will the ones that are far away, do you see? Well, I can almost see the committee and Senate hearings that would be held after something hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't we do it? Well, this, that, and the other. I mean, people would be impeached. They'd be, well, that, that's assuming that it was it that the Capitol survived so that you could have hearings. Hearings. And, you know, the, 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 yeah, well, yeah. By the way, I'm supposed to push a book. Um, oh, I want you to push yeah, a book. Higher I... Education by Charles Sheffield and Jerry Purnell, which is a Jupiter's book, uh, book series from Tor Books, the imprint Jupiter belongs to, uh, to to Charlie Sheffield and me. Higher education. Higher education. It's a, a young adult book, and uh, it got tremendously good review in book list just this week, so we're, we're quite proud of that. So they can get it in major bookstores? It will be shortly. I think it's not quite out, but, it, but it's like a week or two. All right. Are you working on a book now? Several, actually. Several? Uh, Nevin and I are doing one that is set some... Twelve thousand years ago, in a in a in a in a in a universe that in which magic works, <laughs> this is the fall of Atlantis type of thing. I see. Um, and I am at present finishing another young adult for this Jupiter series that's my own called Star Swarm. That I don't know. It may be the best thing I've ever done. Really? Well, I like it anyway. What's the premise? Uh, it's uh. You have to have faster than light to have this happen, but it's it's an it's an it's an alien life form that is very different. Um, have you been hearing all the recent stories about this strange creature they're calling chupacabra? No, I don't think so. Yeah, very strange animal that uh, is killing goats, taking the blood. Very strange. Show, showed up first in Puerto Rico, then South America. No, I've, I've not heard of that. Now in our country, yes. Very, very strange. It's an animal? Or... It is some type of animal, yes. Like a bat or a... Well, it's described to be about four feet tall, with red eyes, a lizard-like appearance. Great heavens. Yes, no. yes, indeed. Um, I don't know anything about it. And, and what, these things are running wild? They're... Well, they're killing animals, and strangely, uh, there are two bite marks on, and all the blood is gone from you the mean animals. Like a vampire? Like a vampire. Two marks on the outside of but the this neck. Is a, this is a natural phenomenon, not a supernatural thing. A lizard-like creature. I, I know nothing about it. I, I, where, where would? No, I'm afraid you've got me by surprise on that. Okay, one. well that's fine. Uh, you may want to look into it. It's yeah, a pretty I'd strange like to. story. It sounds interesting. Wow. It is. Yes. Uh, mean, is, is this something more solid than Bigfoot? I mean. Oh it... yes. 
Oh, yes. Uh, nobody nobody has yet caught one, but uh, many, 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 many uh, hundreds of animals have now been hit. Huh. Very strange. I, that is very strange, and I, I must say that I haven't seen a bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm astonished. Doctor, what do you uh, think the possibility or probability is that there is extraterrestrial life, anybody, anywhere other than ourselves? Yeah, I understand. Uh, the best answer to that is Enrico Fermi's question. Fermi, the one of the guys that helped develop the atom bomb and so forth? Yes. Fermi was famous for his little seminar dinners where he would have his graduate students over to dinner and they would discuss things and then he would ask a question at the end of his dinner. Mm-hmm. And one night the question was this. If you assume that the galaxy consists of a 100 billion suns and 1% of those could have planets and 1% of those planets could have, would, would, could possibly support life, and 1% of the ones that can support life uh, do, and of those, 1% of those have life that's a million years older than we are, so it would be more evolved, you are still talking about billions of planets, do you see? So where so, are they? So where are they, yes. Why, why have the aliens not got here? And the, the problem is that on any set of rational assumptions, if there is extraterrestrial life out there, they should have been here already. Perhaps they have been. Yeah, well, that's, that's a, yeah, Bob Bassard says, well, yes, they, they've been here and we're them. <laughs> that that yes. people didn't actually evolve on this planet, that we were put here by something that they... The DNA evidence is becoming clearer and clearer that that's probably not true. Well, there is quite a bit of mounting evidence that that man has been here, or uh, some form of man has been here before. Yeah, that and that, that's kind of Bob Bussard's argument. That's one premise. Another one is that I wrote a series called Janissaries, which is being reissued from Bain Books, by the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I... I Isaac Asimov once said that there is no possible explanation for the notion that aliens, some, uh, beings powerful enough to get here uh, across interstellar distances, if they wanted to remain hidden from us, they could remain hidden from us. There is no explanation for why we would see them at all if they didn't want us to. Right. So why haven't they, so if they got here and they haven't walked up, you know, landed on the, the White House lawn or in the U.N. plaza, then it's because they don't want us to know it, and so there's no reason why you would ever see them. And I got thinking about that and realized that Isaac was at Boston University and not there for very long, was mostly a writer. He'd never been around, uh, let's say, out in uh, Pasadena on uh, the night after final exams at Caltech, has he? (laughs) So I got to thinking, suppose that the reason that they don't want us to know about them is because they're a bunch of professors of anthropology and they're, you know, they're examining us, right? Yeah, oh yeah. But their graduate students get drunk and put on a show for the lo- for the locals every now and then. So that's why you sometimes see a flying saucer. I see. <laughs> so I don't claim that's true, you understand. I merely, but certainly, I, as I pointed out to Isaac, at least that's a possible explanation. You can't tell me there is no possible explanation here. Indeed. Uh, doctor, we're very near the top of the hour here. Right. Lo- love to have you for another half hour if you can stick around. Sure. All right. Glad to. One thing that I would like you to think about during the break All right. is 
Uh, there was something called the Brookings Report, uh, which I, I'm, I would imagine you're familiar with, that says that the American people are not ready. They are not ready to uh, accept the fact that there is a greater intelligence or that there would be anybody uh, from elsewhere with a greater intelligence. Yeah, and sure, but the people that wrote that are eggheads. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, some of them um, do radio talk shows. Uh, <laughs> and with the calls I get, I wonder if the Brookings report might not be right. But we'll talk about that when we come back. All right. Stay right there. Dr. Jerry Purnell, co-author uh, with... Larry Niven of Lucifer's Hammer, one of the greatest science fiction novels of all time, and we'll be right back. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from May 10th, 1996. Top of the morning, everybody. I am Art Bell, and a couple of announcements coming up in a moment. If you missed the last two hours, you missed some real fun. Dr. Jerry Pornell, author of Lucifer's Hammer, was my guest. Maybe you can catch it later on in the morning in a repeat. If not, you can always get a copy by calling one... As a matter of fact, you can get a copy of any guest appearances by calling 1-800-917-4278. 1-800-917-4278. In a moment, a couple of intriguing announcements. Don't move. I would like to announce that this coming Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, actually Wednesday morning at 1 a.m. Pacific Time, 4 a.m. Eastern Time, we will have two people here, Richard Hoagland and Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell have agreed to meet, incredibly. It should be something to behold. Richard is sending the relevant photographs to Dr. Mitchell in Florida. We'll all be working from the same page. So if you want to hear what's bound to be the radio event of this century, tune in. Actually, I have no idea what will happen. It may be a five-minute event. It may be a 15-minute event. It may be an explosive event. It may be an informative event. I don't have the slightest idea. I can only tell you they have agreed to meet here, 1 a.m. Pacific time, this coming Wednesday morning. Don't miss it. That's one item. Pretty important one, too. You better put it on your calendar. You don't have a real talk yet. You better get a real talk. Whatever. 
Don't miss it. Now listen, I've just received a fax indicating there has just been a 5.4 earthquake in the Virgin Islands. That occurred today, or should I say yesterday evening now. And I would like to open a line for the Virgin Islands. So, would everybody do me a big favor and clear the line at area code 702 727-1222, I watch here from the Virgin Islands. Get a report on this earthquake. Did you all do a little shaking there in the Virgin Islands? So if you are in the U.S. Virgin Islands, call me now at area code 702 727-1222. U.S. Virgin Islands only. Everybody else, please do us all a favor and back off. I want to get a call to report on this earthquake, 5.4 in the U.S. Virgin Islands. People up in, uh, people up in Seattle can tell you that believe me, you feel those. So, again, the U.S. Virgin Islands only at 702-727-1222. The other item is, it's been a chat week on America Online, and we're going to wrap it up uh, tonight with kind of a special. We're doing that right now. If you would like to join in a chat, my soulmate and great helper <laughs> is in that chat room right now chatting with you all. It's an opportunity to chat with my wife. Her name is Ramona, and she is presently chatting with people on America Online. Uh, so come join in. All you've got to do is get on America Online, go and hit keyword, and type in Periscope. P-A-R-A-S-C-O-P-E. Periscope. When you get to the Periscope area, all you've got to do is go into the Grassy Knoll, what a name, huh? The Grassy Knoll chat room, and there will be Ramona answering lots of embarrassing questions about me. <laughs> Somebody wanted to know, do I have a pot belly? And she said, no, it's a booty belly. We were in the uh, Orient. A uh, number of young ladies wanted to come up and rub my belly. Good luck, they said, booty belly. So, look, it's going to be open lines tonight. We're getting so much information so much information on Chupacabra. I've got a Reuters story here tonight, a brand new Reuters story on the Chupacabra. About two hours old now. It's beginning to hit the mainstream press everywhere. Los Angeles. Um, everybody's suddenly doing reports on this thing that attacks animals and some humans. Chupacabra. Had, a, had a, a definite request from Linda Howe, who called and said, you know, we heard rumored somebody killed a chupacabra. What can you tell me? She said, we're about to get a report, by the way, on arts parts, which I call them. <laughs> so we'll learn a little bit more. In fact, matter of fact, I would imagine there's going to be some news Sunday on Dreamland about the report coming back on those parts. And I've got more, but we're going to go to open lines now and just see what's out there. I know you're there. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Hello. 
Hello. Hello. Hello. Hello. Hello. Hi. Turn your radio off. Hello. You've got three seconds to be intelligent. One, two, three. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Art? Yes. Okay, let me turn off my two radios. I had uh, Country and Western here in Birmingham, and you picking it up out of San Antonio, 1200. Now, how can you listen All to Country and Western? How can you listen to Country and Western me at the same time? Sir? How can oh. you listen to Country and Western and me at the same time? I was time? fixing a lot of cigarettes, too. I ate nicotine. You were, huh? Listen, I was going to tell you about your, your trumpet. Yeah, uh, oh, you mean my Gabriel's trumpet? Yeah, because I kind of heard part of one tonight. I was outside. Uh, I was listening to Country then, but I was dying to come listen to you, and now I know why, because the doctor was on there. Yes. Anyway, it's got to be more like an alarm clock, okay? Shriller and longer. It's got to be longer. I wanted to see if we could do this and listen to country music at the same time. See, it doesn't work. You can't do that. You can't do it. So we got to get you back in, in Birmingham. I mean, <laughs> when are we going to pick you up? I mean, it, it's, it's coming through pretty... I'm sorry, I'm so excited. You can hear the heart pounding, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, UFO could come around and then give me chills and slow me down. Yeah. But it is so good to get to talk to you and your audience. Well, I'm glad you're here. Oh, man. Hey, listen. About the polls? Yes, sir. I think a lot of people are lying. Like you said, you know, kind of like when you talked about one thing and it happened a couple of days later. Yeah. I think we're lying to the polls. I think we're going to put old Dole in there, put it in a pineapple, let it grow a little while, and then figure out what we're going to do in the 21st century. Well, you know what? I hope you're right, but I fear you're not. I think the polls are correct, at least for right now. I think he's... Uh... I hardly even want to talk about it. I mean, there's no campaign going on. It's, it's, it's kind of depressing to discuss, in my opinion. If a real campaign begins, then maybe we can sink our teeth into something. But right now, all I see is four more years. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, Art. I'm calling from uh, Portland, Oregon. Yes, sir. And I was wondering, where at in Oregon has the Chupacabra been... Um, um, located at. I'm sorry, I don't have the reports about Oregon. I know of them, but yes, it is up there. Uh, you know, uh, why don't you just, where are you? You're in Portland? Yes. Well, I would imagine you're in the city? Uh, yes, sir. Well, then you're probably safe. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go out and look for it or anything. I was just wondering. Why not take a little jaunt out into the woods? Well, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love your show. I I've only been listening for a couple weeks, but it's a great show. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it, sir. Yes, take a little stroll in the woods. Take a tape recorder with you, and that way if there's an attack, uh, I doubt the Chupa would want to eat the radio or the tape recorder, so there'd be a record left. Probably be awful. All we'd hear is munching sounds, or maybe just one, and then and you'd be gone. East of the Rockies, no, make that first-time caller line. You're on the air. Art. Yes. This is uh, Jeff from Tucson, Arizona. How you doing, Jeff? I heard Chupacabra's down in Arizona now. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it, to tell you the truth. I wasn't really calling about that. If that's well, that, that's quite all right, uh, but he's down there, so watch yourself. All right. Uh, well, you know, I, the first thing I want to let you know is that, I, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm 23 years old, and I, I believe I've been listening to you for at least 10 years, Art. That I grew may... up in Phoenix. Yeah. And, uh, I listened to you on KFYI, and I just wanted to let you know that you've been a part of my, well, pretty much my subconscious for most of the time, but my uh, my conscious listening for a couple of years now. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, I have two things. Uh, first thing is, uh, you can answer this maybe after I uh, get off the air, right. but um, I was taking a trip up to Alaska to uh, 
do the work on the fishing boats and uh, possibly in the canneries and stuff. And I understood that uh, I heard that you talked a couple times about how you lived up there. And I was wondering if you uh, had any advice for me. Any advice for you? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, on how things work up there, I, I heard some stories about, you know, I mean, uh, you know, ornery fishing uh, fishing captains, you know, kind of throwing you overboard if they didn't like you or wanted to, you know, they, they wanted to get some profit off you or something like that. And uh, really. Well, I, I hear stories about it. I well, one, it. Of you, one of the best places you can go in Alaska, sir, is in Kodiak, Alaska. Now, I've got an affiliate in Kodiak where they do a lot of fishing, commercial fishing, mm-hmm. and uh, canning and processing. And so if you like, we'll see if we can get a hold of somebody in Kodiak. Okay, yeah. I'll listen the rest of the night. You're on, I'm, on, I'm in Tucson right now, and I'm listening to K- on KTUC uh, 1400 here. You bet. And I'll be listening until uh, you know, 4 o'clock when you get off. Uh, the other thing I was wondering about is... Um, uh, you know, you have a lot of militia, uh, you know, type people on here, and you know, a lot of I guess it's good to be described as uh, right wing type guys. And I was wondering if you yourself, you live in uh, in uh, well, I guess in western western Nevada, if you yourself own any uh, firearms, and if so, what kind? All my life, thank you. Uh, I own shotguns. I own uh, rifles of various assortments. I have handguns. I've got an AK-47. I've got uh, SKSs, so I have an assortment. Thank you. Been collecting over the years. Now, I want to hear from the Virgin Islands. It just occurred to me that I answered that phone. He was in Tucson. Now, I'm trying to hold that line open for the U.S. Virgin Islands. I want to hear from the Virgin Islands. Do you hear me? (laughs) Everybody else hold off, please. If you're in the Virgin Islands, area code 702-727-1222. I forgot what I said. I should have adhered to that. Now, to Tijuana, Mexico, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Art. This is the first-time caller from Tijuana. It's Enrique. Yes, sir. And I want to call about the Chupacabra. What can you tell us? Yeah, well, apparently, the news that you got is wrong. They found one supposedly dead in a Sonora Dam. It apparently drowned there or something. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's this. Pictures in the newspaper. Oh, uh, you've got photographs? Yeah, well, they're, they're, they look like pictures taken from the TV or something. It's, um. It's, uh, oh boy. Uh, listen. It, it, do you have a computer? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's my brother's, and I, I don't know how quite how to use it. I I would surely love to get those photographs. What uh, publication did they appear in? Well, it's a Tijuana newspaper called the Heraldo, and it's uh, Thursday's edition. Thursday's edition. Yeah. And what does this creature look like? Well, it's sort of like a mixture between, like an iguana yes. and a vampire bat. There's a picture of the overall body and then a close-up of the teeth. And so it has wings and a tail and, uh, like, four sharp, very sharp fangs in the mouth. Wow. You can see that. And, yes, it's been around the news, well, in, at least in Latin America for about the last year or so. How hot is the news? You're in Mexico, so how hot is the news? How well, much uh, is Mexican television and radio talking about this thing? A lot. There's a lot of uh, also Mexican talk show radios. Uh, Excuse me, radio talk shows, and it's all over. Uh, there's um, the most respected uh, news uh, news show in Mexico is by a name by a man of name of Sabludovsky. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's like the Mexican equivalent to Brokar. You know, real, somebody really important. Yes. And like for the last week or so, every day there's a story on, on his newscast, and that is something like uh, I don't know, incredible, because he is the most respected uh, figure and in broadcasting here in Mexico. Well, you should know that we are also getting many reports in our major media here in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah over, so, well, 
since I'm here in Tijuana, I can get uh, Univision and Telemundo, also the two uh, Spanish broadcasting channels in, in the USA. And it's also been a daily news since about a year ago. It all started in uh, Puerto Rico, and it's just about extended everywhere. All right. What is the speculation there about what this damn thing is? Well, there's, there are those of us, you know, who think that something exists, some kind of mutated uh, vampire bat or something. And then there are some people uh, right now in the Mexican media saying that it's just an invention of the Mexican government so that people have something else to think about besides, you know, the economic difficulties. Uh, yes, so, let me ask you about those as long as I've got you. Um, yeah. I was in Mazatlan yeah. uh, not long ago. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, I talked to a number of cab drivers and just regular people, and they were saying they think there's going to be a revolution in Mexico. Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk about that, you know, because of the PRI party ruling for something like 66 years. And, you know, people feel oppressed, and there's the Zapatistas and everything like that. But um, I wouldn't call it a revolution yet, but it could be. It could be. It could be. So you, if some people think this might be an invention of the press to yeah. keep, keep the minds yeah, off. Yeah, there are those, you know, who think that it's an actual creature uh, preying on, on innocent animals and stuff. And there are those, those that say that it's just, you know, something that, that uh, the, the government invented so that people would have something else to talk about and, you know. Well, that might explain that might explain your Mexican press, but it doesn't explain the American press. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. All right, my friend, I thank you for the call and, okay. and the update. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There is apparently now existing, if you believe what you heard, a photograph of a chupacabra, which this caller in Mexico says drowned. Woof. Are these not strange times we live in? They really are. All right, um, I'm reserving away. Doggone it. Hear me this line for people in the Virgin Islands, because I know you had a 5.4 earthquake in the Caribbean. I want to hear about it. Where was it? How much shaking went on? What's going on in the Caribbean? So if you're uh, in the U.S. Virgin Islands, call me now. Everybody else, don't call me. But if you're in the U.S. Virgin Islands, call me now at area code 702-727-1222. And one other item again. My wife is in chatting on America Online right now in the Periscope section. The way you get there is just go into AOL and hit keyword. Type in Periscope, P-A-R-A-S-C-O-P-E. When you get to the Periscope area, you want to go to the Grassy Knoll chat room. I wonder who thought up that name, the Grassy Knoll chat room. I love that. And there will be my wife, Ramona, chatting away with people, answering very embarrassing questions about me. Which probably will come echoing back to me on the program. <laughs> Mr. Budabelli will be back shortly. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
we take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. And I'll tell you what, I'm holding open a line only, only for the Virgin Islands at area code 702-727-1222. That's area code 702-727-1222 for the Virgin Islands only. Anybody else is going to be wasting their money, so please don't call that number until we get a call through from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Good to be here this morning. We're talking about whatever it is you want to talk about. Anything at all happens to be fair game. Virgin Island Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Where are you? I'm in St. Thomas. St. Thomas, the U.S. Yes. Virgin Islands. All right. We just got word here that there was a 5.4 earthquake somewhere near you earlier tonight. Well, I I, uh, I was listening to the radio, uh, and I heard you say that, but that was the first time that I had heard anything of it. Well, you know what? That's really good, considering how much trouble you guys have had. If you didn't feel it, then it couldn't have been that bad. And uh, and I guess St. Thomas is still cleaning up, isn't it? Yes, St. Thomas is still uh, still recovering from Hurricane Marilyn. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, uh, in other words, uh, no shaking that you felt? Not any that I felt. Oh, that's... So I was, uh, I was quite surprised to hear anything of it. Uh, I... I... I experienced no uh, no indication of uh, of an earthquake. That's wonderful news. That's absolutely wonderful news. Well, listen, how's everything going in the Virgin Islands? Uh, is it getting back to normal? It's it's moving well. You know, many of the houses are are uh, under under reconstruction or under repairs. It's moving along. It's moving along very well. Let me ask you about one other thing that we've been talking about on the program since you're way out in the Caribbean. Um, have you heard any news of this strange creature called the chupacabra? <laughs> Only on your show. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, it's not crawling around and uh, uh, sucking the blood of things in the islands there. No, no, not at all. <laughs> No, no, as far as I know, it only exists on the radio. Uh, Noel, now, don't say that. Now, we had a man from Mexico. You heard that man here a little while ago. I heard him, yes, I heard so, him. So, there may be one drowned and a body floating around he, somewhere. It could be, you know, mm. but I... Again, I haven't, I haven't heard of it. All right, my friend. I yeah. thank you for the report. Okay, very that's, good. That's from our affiliate um, uh, WSTA in St. Thomas, which covers all of the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands. All right, that opens the line then for everybody. Uh, once again, on the first-time caller line at 702-727-1222, I wanted to get that report. Uh, it's, it's well then. Uh, there was indeed an earthquake, but if it wasn't felt, then certainly there wasn't damage, was there? Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, Art. Hello. Hey, this is Ed from Portland. Yes, sir. I wanted to see if you'd heard anything about that tacit blue stealth aircraft the Air Force is releasing now. Uh, yeah, I've seen photographs of it. Kind of looks like a flying bus. It does, doesn't it? It's weird. Or if you cover off half of it, it looks like one of those old UFO drawings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, it seems like whatever man can imagine, man has either done or is about to do. Uh, very true. Well, also, uh, you were in the Air Force? I was. You were a medic? I was. 
Who's it down at Lackland? I was at Lackland, thank you, for eight torturous weeks. <laughs> then I was, uh, uh, then I went to, uh, tech school, uh, Greenville, Mississippi, and, uh, Gunner Air Force Base in Alabama, then over to Amarillo Air Force Base in Texas, and then they kicked me out of the country altogether and went to the Far East. Oh, you never went over to Europe at all? No, not Europe. I'm going to Europe this summer. Oh, a nice place over there. Uh, well, we'll find out. Thank you very much for the call. Going, uh, going on vacation around the first, uh, first part of August. It's not just Europe. I'm going to go to, I'm going to Moscow. I hear it's a little dangerous, but hell, you only live once, right? So I'm going to go to Moscow. Should be really interesting. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, Art, Steve from South Dakota. Steve. Yes. How are you doing? Fine. I really enjoyed talking to Mr. Hoagland the other night. Thank you for letting me on. Well, try and imagine the dynamics of Richard Hoagland and Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell together. That's going to be spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Say, I wanted to recommend a book to you and your readers. Sure. I tried to get in to your guest. There's an author by the name of Duncan Steele. Oh, I know that name somewhere. And he put out a book called Rogue Asteroids and Doomsday Comets. Really? It's an absolutely spectacular book. It's on the uh, John Wiley and Sons Incorporated. Uh, it's a research science, uh, you know, I think it's a research science publisher. And it's a marvelous book. It's got a foreword by Arthur C. Clarke. No kidding. Yes, it's an excellent book. Did you hear Jerry, uh, Dr. Purnell earlier? Yes, I did. Uh, he's quite something, isn't he? He's really delightful. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Art. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, hi, Art. This is Ed in Finland, California. How you doing? Okay. Uh, a couple things. Uh, one about the Chupa Cabra. Yes. Uh, has they ever uh, heard any noise from this uh, creature? Does it make a sound or? Uh... You know, that's a very good question, and I'm not really familiar whether it does normally make a sound or what. Because if it could, you know, you could, uh, uh, I guess, have a chupacabra call and maybe call this thing in and uh, see what happens. Because uh, uh, I don't think that would be such a good idea. Why would you want to call something like that uh, toward you? Uh, well, of course, uh, you, you want to capture it. <laughs> be ready to capture it. That's the main thing. But uh, uh, you had a, a recording of the uh, Bigfoot scream. Uh, no, I, I like this one better. Ow. <laughs> Ow. By the way, that's a wave file now available on my web page as a wave file for anybody who wants it. Uh, well, my other question is, uh, have you ever had anybody talking about electric vehicles and uh, uh, if they're going to ever be practical? Um, oh, yes, uh, I certainly have, and I'm particularly fascinated with that whole thing. So uh, we'll try and find another guest who will talk about that, electric vehicles. I'd love to have one. I'd love to have one. Wouldn't that be neat? Hey, listen, if you are listening to us outside the USA, I always forget to do this, uh, and I've sort of been putting it off until we get on short wave. But, um, you know, we have so many big 50,000 watt affiliates that uh, you can hear us outside the USA. Of course, uh, Internet uh, Real Audio takes us around the world. So if you're somewhere else in the world, anywhere else, you can call us toll-free. We have the world's first true toll-free international line. And here's how you do it. You call, uh, just pick up the telephone, no matter what country you're in, and get the AT&T direct access number for your country. They differ 
uh, from country to country. Uh, or, if you have to, get hold of the AT&T operator and call us at 800-893-0903. That's the way you get hold of us uh, internationally. 800-893-0903. And for you, it'll be toll-free. won't cost you a penny. Not a penny. To call from uh, anywhere in the world, and I've been neglectful in giving out that number. So um, there you've got it. Uh, shortly, we'll be on shortwave. We're working uh, very, very hard on that. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. This is Tim in Minneapolis. Yes, sir. Yes, I called yesterday about a dream sheet for a ballot box. Do you remember that? Yes, uh-huh. I was, you went off the air here in Minneapolis. I was wondering, um, was there any reaction to that? or? No, there wasn't. Only yours. People did not pick up on it. Don't ask me why. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll leave it alone then. All right. All I, all I want to talk about. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah, no particular reaction to it. He, he wanted to see a dream sheet. In other words, on the ballot, uh, you would make a first choice and then other choices, second, third choices, and so forth, so that your vote would mean something. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Goodbye. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, Art, did you catch the special edition of The Abyss on the Sci-Fi Channel? Um, no, I've got a copy of The Abyss. That's a great movie. Oh, yeah. Well, they had some extra footage with, like, a huge tidal wave at the end. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I saw it advertised in USA Today. Oh, I'm sorry I missed it. And I don't have the sci-fi channel, I thought. And I know you said you'd like the film, which I love, too. Oh, I yes, I thought but it was But don't you agree that the end sort of sucked when that thing came up? No, I thought it was great. Uh, Why? I mean, it's, it's it, it sort of validated the whole thing when it came up into the real world. Well, anticlimactic. Like, you're you're so sucked into that movie. Uh. It's so great. And then when that sort of happens, you go, well, wait a minute. I went through all this great stuff for this. Well, there's always people disappointed in endings. How would you have written the ending to it? Uh, well, look. I, you come know, on now. Come on now. Improve on it, sir. I know. If you're going to criticize, or don't criticize unless you can improve. Yeah, go ahead and improve. Uh, give us an ending. Well, maybe, use, use your imagination. All right. Maybe when the that thing came up, it would have had a big poster for uh, Howard Stern's new book, Miss America. Well, no one's reading it anyway, so what difference <laughs> would it have made? <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning, Art. Good morning to you. I'm calling from California, Sonoma County. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I called you last Saturday off the air. Do you remember? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I... I felt a little foolish afterwards, but I still feel the same way. Well, why don't you tell the audience what you mean? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. Okay, um, I was just driving down the freeway, and um, I was just, I'm in a very good mood. Life is good, surfs up, and <laughs> all of a sudden, I, I just had these mental pictures of earthquake devastation here in Sonoma County and well actually not just here but very widespread. Well you know the recent news has been that uh, the Hayward Vault yeah. is slipping now at an incredible rate and um, has been what they actually call lunging huh. and so it would not surprise me but to see some activity there soon so maybe your dreams are prophetic. Well Wide awake dream. I mean, no, I, I had a physical reaction. Uh, yes, oh yes. It's called lucid dreaming. 
Is that what it's really called? That's what it's really called. Well, I was at a friend's house today. She lives in a, a very nice condo, and she had to have a, a locksmith come in and um, adjust her lock because the place is always shifting so much. Yes. And just from earth shifting, you know. But that in itself is not bad. I mean, it's like a flagpole it has to give. I want to ask you really quickly, um, I've heard you over the past few months saying, do you think I'm the Antichrist? Um, no, 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 no. Well, you no, somebody... no, 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 no. The way it happened is here. We've got to get this straight here. Okay. Some fellow called me. It's a now famous call. It's even on the Internet. And called me... Um, the devil's mouthpiece. Hmm. The devil's mouthpiece. Well, you know what? What? Um, I think the way the devil operates, he, you know, the Bible says he appears as an angel of light. I'm of telling you, I'm telling you, it's not true. Ooh, it's not true. Ooh, don't. It's two o'clock. I'm in the kitchen alone. That's right. It's not true. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hi, Art. This is Bill calling from Youngstown, Ohio. Hi, Bill. Uh, as per Chupacabra, I don't think I have too much to contribute, nor did I call to name drop, but I have do some readings for some people in very high places in Puerto, Puerto Rico and the government. And I've had three calls uh, maybe over the past month uh, just asking me if I can get any take on this. And uh, all I, I, I have a feeling they might be involved with UFOs. It's just a gut feeling. But I can tell you this, that uh, these uh, official people are very, very scared. They're taking it very seriously. I know it. Uh, thank you. There's a lot of people taking this very seriously. Uh, people think that I'm crazy. I, of course, pick up on these things a little earlier than most others because we delve into these sorts of topics. So we had it early on, and a lot of people were criticizing, saying, oh, come on, this is baloney, all the rest of it. And then so many press stories began to hit. And people aren't saying that anymore. It's obvious that something is here, something is going on. There is something to this, but but I, I don't know what. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Eric. I can barely hear you. Okay, I'm on a... Here. Yeah, you really are. Where are you? I'm in Duluth, Minnesota, calling about uh, that egg that someone called about earlier. Today. Yes, is there any truth to it? A five-foot egg? Yeah, there's truth to it. No, you're kidding. What could produce, what could lay a five-foot egg? Well, see, I don't know. It washed up on the lake, and uh, some kids found it, threw it in the truck, and brought it to the zoo. And, uh, and they've detected, the caller said they've detected some sort of heartbeat or something? Yeah, there's vital what? signs. What? And uh, I don't understand, <laughs> but uh, I want to get, the basically the news thinks that it's uh, um, a hoax, but um, they're not letting anyone see it right now it's in quarantine. And where is it exactly? It's at the, well, the Lake Superior Zoo. All right. Well, listen, thank you for the call. I, I, I don't know what to think anymore. I, you, this used to be the kind of thing that you'd laugh off. What the hell would lay a five-foot egg? A five-foot egg? I wouldn't even want to see the thing that would lay a five-foot egg. That's, in, well, it's impossible, but uh, what would come out of a five-foot egg? Nothing you'd want to see. 
Dr. Pornell had it right when he said you're going to want to put an A1, M1A1 uh, Abrams uh, with its main turret pointed right at the egg. And that sucker begins to crack open. Who knows? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Megadados, Art. Oh, that's the wrong show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, how you doing? Okay. Uh, I've got a, I've, I've got two observations. Well, one observation is, uh, you got speech patterns like David Brinkley. Has anybody ever told you that? I've been told that. And a question or a request. Did you ever think about having a Roy Masters on? Sure. When, when, you have, really. I, I've, I've interviewed him in years past, of course. That's an interesting guy, isn't it? Yep. He's a, and he's been, he means a lot to me. Roy Masters has done, he's done a lot for me, and, uh, I just, I just thank the world of Roy Masters. He's a good fella. Yes, he is. And, uh, um, well, actually, uh, if I, I, this could be melodramatic, but I guess you could say, say in a life. Well, he in a has, certain way. he has a view of life that is, um, different than many people, um, are willing to accept. And a lot of people tend to respond, uh, to his message with anger, but that's natural. And he, he'll, he'll be the first to tell you, uh, you gotta hit people over the head or they don't listen. He's been on the radio for, well, he's been doing what he's been doing for 40 years. He's only got 25 stations. And how long has Rush been, you guys been doing yours? About, well, how long you been doing radio? Oh, I've been, all my adult life, I've been doing this program for about 12 years now, uh, coast to coast for about 12 years. So Roy can't even get more than 25 stations. And Rush and you, y'all got 700, 800 stations. Yeah, I so guess. You can see his message is not really easy to swallow. Well, that's because it's not a traditional message. Oh, yes, it is. I think it is a traditional message that's been, that's been buried. Well, I understand that you think that, but I'm saying that a lot of people who hear it for the first time, as you can tell in the preamble to his program, yeah. uh, get angry or get upset or whatever. Well, anyhow, sometimes, have it on again sometime pretty soon. All right. Take care, my friend. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Nonpartisan Tim in San Diego. How you doing? <clears throat> Pretty good. I want to update you on that sperm count deal. Yes. Uh, in Time Magazine this week, there's a report that uh, that that original finding was not right. Well, that they went to New York City and found, in fact, higher than normal sperm counts. Yeah. In general, the sperm counts are remain remaining stable or rising. But yeah, New York City. And then there's that five-foot egg. I mean, come on. Uh, that's going to be a hoax. You think so? Yeah. It's fun to think about stuff like that, but it's going to be a hoax. Would you stand next to a five-foot egg while, it, while the hoax hatched? No. No? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Good talking to you, Art. All right, take care. How many of you would be willing to stand, you know, as, as it began to crack open and the first... Hairy protrusions began to be apparent. And then a claw comes out. <laughs> First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, hello. Going once, twice, three times. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello, Art. Hi. Boy, it's murder getting hold of you. I know. Where are you? I'm in Fort Smith. This is Jason again. Fort Smith, Arkansas. All right. Yeah. I've got a few things for you tonight. Go. First, that guy in Portland is wanting to... The one that lives in the city, wants yes. to meet the chupacabra. He doesn't really want to meet it. Maybe he should go out in the woods and knock on some logs. He might be able to meet a Bigfoot and chupacabra both. That's what I told him. <laughs> go on out there, take a tape recorder so we can hear the sounds while it eats you. Yeah. Another thing, with that Hoagland debate, is there a station west of the Rockies that I can pick up here? 
Oh, that's right. I might be late for you, huh? Yeah, because I'll be going off the air. Well, I don't know. I would say call your radio station and say, hold that sucker over because we want to see, we want to hear the Hoagland-Mitchell debate. That's going to be classic stuff. Coming up Wednesday at 1 a.m., both parties have agreed. Dr. Edgar Mitchell and Richard Hoagland, look out. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from May 10th, 1996. I'll tell you, the faxes are boiling in from Mexico, from Rosarita, B.C., Mexico. Dear Art, what Enrique from Tijuana failed to mention is that the chupacabra has been attacking sheep and goats in Rosarito and Ensenada. As close as 20 miles south of the U.S. border, it is true the chupacabra is daily news here. Many believe they are related to the numerous UFOs that also are being sighted here. That's from Diane. Thank you, Diane. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yes, this is Shane from Texas. Hi, Shane. Uh, yeah, I talked to you last night, and I just wanted to say that, you know, that was the first time I'd been on the radio, and I was a little kind of shook up. But... Everybody is, Shane, when they first get on. Well, Art, I'd like to bring up that, uh, here's two names for you that uh, you can ask about uh, Chubacabra. Uh, Dr. Jacques Vallee did a book called Confrontations in 1990, where he went down for a few years to Brazil mm -hmm. to study a thing called the Chupas. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chupas have been accused of uh, killings. Mm -hmm. Okay, and there's uh, an American uh, reporter, Bob Pratt, from uh, Florida, who also wrote another book, but I don't know the name of it. But he wrote it in 93, and these guys are pretty good in the field. Uh, Dr. Jacques Vallee is a good UFO researcher. I, I know exactly who he is, yes. Right. Now, I was surprised to see that he wrote a book. Now, I'm doing a study on this, and I thought I'd keep you informed. And his book is called Confrontation, and it was published in 1990. In All right. Well, well, we'll look into it. And it, it was on the Chupa. Yeah, yeah. I, I, right. Uh, right. Okay. We'll look into it. Thank you very much on the Chupas. Sounds like the same thing, Chupacabra. Chupas. <sighs> Five-foot egg. I'm still thinking about that five-foot egg. You think that could be real? What the hell could lay a five-foot egg? Dinosaur, maybe. I don't even know if dinosaurs laid eggs. What could lay a five-foot egg? Can't be true. And if it is true, then then there's definitely something new under the sun. First-time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hi, Art. Yes, hello. Hi, this is... Corey from uh, Vancouver, Washington. Corey, uh, you're breaking up a little bit, partner. Oh, I'm on a cell phone. I'm sorry about that. Uh, turn, turn your radio off, Corey. Okay. 
I just wanted to find out if there's anything going on with the uh, tethered satellite. I haven't heard anything about that. Oh, it burned up long ago, Corey. Thank you. It burned up long ago. The tethered satellite uh, uh, re-entered and went and burned up to a cinder. So there's nothing new on it because it doesn't exist anymore. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. How about a 20-foot chicken? Uh, to, to lay a five-foot egg? Yeah. Well, why not? I mean, if there's chupacabra, if there's Bigfoot, if there's life on the moon, then why, why not? not a twenty-foot chicken? Why not a twenty-foot chicken? Why not? Well, it could be. Could, could be. Could be. Something to give consideration to. Some for Colonel Sanders to get his hands on. <laughs> Watch out for those big drumsticks, Art. <laughs> yeah, all right, thank you. <laughs> a five-foot egg. I, I don't know if I believe this. Now, I've had two reports. They say they've got it. They say they've detected signs of life inside. How many of you believe that? Hold up your hands. It's getting weird out there. Really getting weird out there. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hey, Art, this is Eric and Pullman. Hi, Eric. A uh, couple quick comments. Uh, one, that your cat noise, it yes. works on dogs, too. I, well, dogs, uh, I am told, enjoy it. <laughs> you know, it is apparently the sound of a cat getting its tail stepped on, and it seems to entertain dogs greatly. Uh-huh. A second point was... On... No, 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 no. You're, oh. you're fading out on us. Hold on a second. Is that better? Oh, you've got a portable phone, don't you? Yeah. Now, this is the sound, ladies and gentlemen, of what happens when you get interfered with on a portable phone. Yes. The, the second comment was on NASA. Yes. And they found that rats that they uh, were reproducing in our space, the babies developed quicker. I'll be darned. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to leave now because that's awful. That That is what happens when you get interfered with. Did you hear that kind of warbly tone in the background? That was another. Well, the, the, in, the, in the first channel, he had two channels. First channel, he was breaking up. Lousy, typical portable phone. Then what he did was, when you heard him go click, he switched channels, and he was on the same channel as somebody else. That's why those old portable phones need to be put in trash compactors. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello? Hello. No, guess not. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, hey, Art. This is Mike again from North Dakota. Yes, Mike. Yeah, yeah, um, a couple nights ago, you were talking about uh, that letter that you got from that uh, guy that sent you that stuff from Oswell. Yes. I was wondering if you were going to comment on that tonight or not. Cause... All right, you've got it. I did promise, so let me do it. I've got a follow-up letter from the guy who sent the Roswell parts. Let me read it to you, all right? Hi, Art. At great risk... I am writing to you in regard to the package sent your way. I had opportunity to listen to a tape recording of the radio broadcast when I returned home after having participated in the mobility readiness exercises. My son, who is a senior in college, recorded them for me. I must say I was somewhat surprised by the negative and closed-minded responses directed your way by some of your own listeners. You seem to indicate that receiving the package has vastly upset your life. And in this, I would like to say, uh, it was not my intention. I offer my apologies. Further information regarding the Roswell crash and my own grandfather's affiliation would likely be potentially beneficial to your efforts at correlation and verification. 
In this regard, I can only say, based on past conversations on the subject with Grandad, that the retrieval team consisted of three segments. The on-site team, the in-house team, and the security team. The credentials of the team members weren't only military-related. There were individuals with backgrounds from the University of Colorado, Office of Naval Research, AAF-USAF, and U.S. Army, UCLA, and the Atomic Energy Commission and the National Advisory Committee on Aeronautics and the Office of Scientific Research and Development. Additionally, there were consultants from England, France, and Russia involved. Grandad stated their own analysis of the samples indicated it was pure extract aluminum as a conductor for the electromagnetic fields created in the propulsion systems. However, critically needed data was eliminated by the self-destruct mechanisms on the disk vehicle itself. Furthermore, the occupant survivor of the crash refused to disclose technical information despite a series of interrogative attempts to extract technological data. No means could be found to secure the information. There were always two security team members present at every face-to-face -face meeting with the survivor. The survivor had the ability to deduce thoughts and questions prior to them being asked. Sometimes it became frustrating. The disk itself was literally dissected, and it was discovered that the propulsion system had actually fused together the many interior components. There were control-type devices forged in the shape of the alien hand, which were assumed as controls and activation surfaces. What is today fiber optic technology was part and parcel of the alien technology within the control panels, albeit uh, fused and melted when the self-destruct mechanism was activated. There were Westinghouse-affiliated persons on the team, and Grad and Dad always thought some of them had gone back with the knowledge and incorporated it into the future research with our phone systems. Of course, the military was concerned as to the ability of the aliens to enter our atmosphere at will, undetected, and thusly they recommended to our president that a space program be set into motion and that a system of satellites be placed into orbit by 1957. The satellite system would be patched into the then, uh, the then due line early warning systems, which later became NORAD. Grandad stated that it was his opinion that NORAD was formed not only to track possible ICBMs from hostile nations, but as an established detection system for UFO craft. That is why the NASA Space Agency has been incorporated by and large with our armed forces. There are so many classified missions. This is my opinion, but Grandad prophesied such occurring as far back as 1971. Well, I'm scheduled to travel back to Charleston Air Force Base, then Pope, I'll mail this from somewhere in South Carolina. It's not likely I'll communicate again. My wife is concerned, as am I, that the intelligence agencies are going to easily put two and two together, so it's advisable, inadvisable to further communicate this information. I hope you understand my position. I could likely face a courts martial or sedition charges for stating some of the information and opinions. 
You'd be surprised at the extent of internal policies on this subject and the consequences for current commissioned officers talking about UFO phenomena. I was surprised by Edgar Mitchell's uh, statements of recent date. I imagine there are many involved with Roswell who are a bit upset at events underway. However, he is a man of outstanding character and integrity and knows of what he speaks, as do quite a few other astronauts. I wish you all the best. I'll be listening. I commend your courage and integrity. Hope your listeners understand that the subject of Roswell has great potential uh, to extrapolate the truth about UFOs and what has come to be known as a cosmic Watergate. It's only the tip of the iceberg. Grandad said when the truth does come out, humanity will be changed beyond comprehension. He also said many on the in-house team lobbied to release this information to the public. Not all of them were paranoid in trusting the public with the truth. Sign me, still a friend. And that was indeed mailed from Charleston, South Carolina, as was the original package. So there you are. You wanted to, wanted to hear about it. You heard about it. That is the second letter. First reading of it, too. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Uh, Charlie Liberal in California. Hey. Uh, you know, you've had several people uh, criticize Bill Clinton on the... Uh, taking things from Republicans. I want to say this about liberalism. The concept of liberalism has not changed. It, what it, what's happened with Bill Clinton is that, is that liberalism has evolved, not changed. We're still interested... Did, did you say evolved or devolved? Evolved. Evolved. Liberalism is still... We still support the environment, education... And we still have that one word that conservatives simply do not understand. They cannot comprehend. It's called compassion. Compassion. And, the, and I think and it's, it's conservatives who don't understand that you can be fiscally responsible and compassionate. No, well, what conservatives don't understand is uh, liberals that, that want to be compassionate constantly with other people's money. Well, you know, here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about other people, this quote-unquote other people's money. OPM. Okay? Yeah. We, we, the government, uh, the government basically has the authority to spend a certain given amount of money. Other and people's it, money. Well, other you people. say that, but the thing uh, is... I, well, I just did. But the thing is... Because the they, have, they have no source the of money. Is, they have no source of money other than other people's the money. The question is, how are we going to spend it? Are we going to spend it investing in an, in a, uh, over, an overdone military? Or are we going to spend it uh, making sure that our elderly are uh, taken care of, making sure that uh, the environment is taken care of? Well, I when, you, when are... you spend it on the military, to some degree, you ensure the elderly are taken care of, Charles. Well, I think when you, when you spend it on the elderly, you uh, make sure they're taken care of. But that's what the problem is. And the problem is, is that, you know, it's amazing they could talk about other people's money, but the thing about it, a, 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 the thing about it is that when you talk about elderly, or you're talking about the handicap, or you're talking about young people trying to get an education, those are positive investments. And those, and, uh, this is what conservatives don't understand. When they think about an investment, they think about an investment in stock or whatever. They don't think about investing in people. They don't think about being compassionate toward people. They are not, and the conservatives are just not people oriented. And we happen to be people-oriented. And well, we're not going to change. In what, what, yeah, but what liberals do that conservatives object to 
is that no matter what the problem is, the solution is throwing money at it. Oh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that's I think that's it's, a lie that the conservatives no, have been not. saying for years. No, it's, it's true. not throwing money at it, but the thing is, is that we are not afraid to uh, to uh, spend money oh, if 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 you can get a positive result. And I think the conservatives the conservatives basic basically believe that uh, that that people should just be left out in the cold. And yeah, but Charlie, Charlie, the difference is that. the uh, Charlie, the difference is that uh, liberals, even when you've got a program that we can all stand back and say. It's failed. It's not working. The money's going down a black hole. Um, the liberals, their solution is to throw more money at it in the hopes that more money might cause oh, come, it to. Come on, well, you know the the problem. And this is why the this is why the guys like Newt Gingrich, their popularity has gone down, is because rather than trying to uh, change welfare, which liberals want to do, rather than trying to change that, for example, they simply say, okay, we'll give you, we'll give a state uh, a couple billion, few billion dollars, and do what you want. And, well, look, here's you know, the argument, Charlie. Look, let's get down to the argument on welfare for a second. What the conservatives say is not that there should not be welfare, but that it should be administered at a local level. Oh, and that's a bunch of bull. What the conservatives say is that we'll true. give you some money, and if the money runs out, well, that's just too damn bad. Yeah, but, see, if it's, uh, yeah, but if it's administered, Charlie, at a local level where uh, real decisions about real people's needs can be made, then you won't have to spend all that money. But when it's done at a federal level, most of the money is always wasted uh, and uh, taken and defrauded and uh, all the rest of it. It's and not about, you know something. If I, I, I honestly wish what you were saying is true, but what you're saying is absolutely. You've been brainwashed you by people like Newt Gingrich who say who give you that kind of garbage all the time. But no, the, bottom, the, bottom, no. the bottom, the bottom line is this: we are interested in real reform, but real reform doesn't mean going into a, a glass house with a with a sledgehammer and breaking everything in sight and slashing everything in sight. That is not reform. All right, Charles. Look, uh, you're wrong. And uh, the difference between liberals and conservatives is not that we don't have compassion. It's that we've got good, clear sight. And we can see that programs administered at the federal level uh, generally take about 80 or 90 cents to get 10 cents to anybody at the user end because of the godforsaken bureaucracy that's generated by these liberal programs. And so the latest, uh, greatest idea of the conservatives, and it's a good one, is to get these things done at the local level so that you can have real people looking and talking to real people and ensuring there are real problems before real checks are cut. And I think you're going to be amazed, Charles, when you see some of these programs uh, finally come to local, state, local levels, and you see how much less fraud and waste there is, then the people that you claim you want to care for will be cared for, and a lot of people who could be out there working when they're warming their backsides on a couch, courtesy of the federal government, get off these programs. That's the difference. There's compassion and then just blind spending. First time caller line, you're on the air. Going once. Gone. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Uh, good morning, Art. This is Reggie and Vallejo. Hey. Uh, I have a thought concerning your five-foot egg. Not mine. 
<laughs> well, my five-foot egg. The reported five-foot egg. With my luck lately, somebody will send me a five-foot egg. Mm, that'd be interesting. Uh, I believe that in light of this egg, the movie Aliens might be a documentary and not just a plain movie. And this big egg is the queen bee of the colony. Well, that's a cheery little thought. <laughs> Well, I'm enjoying your show. Have a good evening. I'm, I'm glad you are. Thank you uh, very much for the call. We're going to break here uh, at the bottom of the hour. Boy, think about it, folks. The size of an omelet one could construct with a five-foot egg. Talk about a breakfast. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from May 10th, 1996. Chupas pop out. Of course, from the reports, the chupa isn't big enough to lay a five-foot egg unless all the chupas running around are also babies. Imagine imagine a 30-foot chupa. Kevin in Phoenix, where the chupa has been last seen. Yeah, that's right. It's in Arizona. I love this thing. got a little supposed news release here. I don't believe it, but you never know. Says Bob Dole will be our next president. Phil Graham has just been chosen for vice president. Wonderful news. Now, I... There's no ID here. I suspect this might be a hoax, but you never know. Could it be true? Has anybody else heard that? Would be exciting, wouldn't it? Can you imagine... See, I was waiting to get to this piano. Don't you love piano? I mean, listen. Listen to how this guy's hitting those keys. Oh, man, that's my kind of piano. All right, back back to the phones. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, this is Dan from Garden Grove, California. How are you doing? Fine, Dan. I got a couple of statements and a couple of questions. All right. If it's all right? Statements first. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Number one, Charlie is a moron. <laughs> Number two, it's Robin Williams pops out of that five-foot egg. <laughs> I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> also, um, I am going on a trip to Houston, and yes. I was wondering if I could get the station out there. Of course you can. We're number one in Houston, didn't you? Good day. KTRH in Houston. Okay. 
Uh, what's the numbers for that? Well, the numbers for that. Let's see. Houston, Houston. 740 on the dial. Okay, great. Yeah, because I told my friend I'd turn them on to you. Uh-huh. Um, also, I was wondering if you had any information on Hailbot for me. Nothing you want to know. Oh, really? Because yeah. I was kind of wondering how big it was going to be in the sky and stuff like that. Well, actually, uh, by about this time next year, it should be taking up about 20% of the sky. Okay, yeah, because my dad's like a major astronomer. And unfortunately, he's got the telescope I wish I had. Uh-huh. And well, since we got to the desert, we're going to check it out up there anyways. All right. All righty. Well, right. have a good evening. Or right. morning, I'm sorry. Uh, morning it is, and listen to us while you're in Houston. No problem. All around Houston, I guarantee. Five-foot egg. Chupacabras. Alien artifacts. So much going on these days. There, there's no truth to this thing about Bob Dole. He hasn't chosen his vice president, has he? I don't believe that. See, anytime you get something unsigned, uh, portending, pretending to be a news release, you've got to be careful. Another thing is I want some calls from Cheyenne, Wyoming, to confirm something. Good old Doc Barry in Phoenix has sent me a fax saying the bacteria that caused 100 deaths in Milwaukee two years ago has been found in Cheyenne, Wyoming's water supply. Convenience stores, he says there, have been sold out of bottled water. Now I'm on the air in Cheyenne, K-R-A-E in Cheyenne. So let's find out. Attention, Cheyenne, call now. Everybody else hold off. Give them a minute, just a minute, folks, to get through on our west of the Rockies line. It's a beautiful thing about being nationwide this way. If something happens, we can find out about it. Verify the rumor or knock it down. So if you're in Cheyenne, Wyoming, call me now at 1-800-618-8255. Everybody else, please put the phone down. Just let the people in Cheyenne get through for a few minutes here so we can find out if this is true. By the the way, he also says CBS News, Radio News, is reporting... The poisonous heroin problem in Philadelphia is now overloading emergency rooms in Baltimore. I can't believe it. Regular listeners to this program know that we talked about this in a sort of an esoteric way several days ago, and here it is. Unbelievable. Absolutely, truly unbelievable. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, um, I was wondering if you could tell me what Gordon Cooper had to say on Paranormal Borderline. Sure. Uh, yes, I will. He said that uh, when he was at Edwards Air Force Base, there was a flying saucer that came down and landed He moreover stated that a military film crew who happened to be filming some training exercises filmed this flying saucer, and when it landed, they rushed toward it, filming as they went. It lifted off, retracted its landing gear, and shot straight up like a bat out of hell, and that they got all of this on film. 
A report was filed. The film was sent to Washington. It's not been seen since. That came from Gordon Cooper. U.S. astronaut Gordon Cooper. Leave it if you wish. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hi, Art. This is Robert Everett. Uh, Robert in Everett, yes. Uh, listen, uh, back about 1994, when you used to have uh, uh, your show out of Vegas, right? Yes. You, okay, you had Al Belicon. Yes. And he talked about an experiment in sex and space. Do you remember that? Uh, an experiment where? In space. No, he talked about uh, the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, but somebody called and asked him, has there ever been sex in space? You don't remember that? He said it was like uh, like the dolphins do in water. It took three of them to do it. No. I remember that. I, I, well, okay. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, now, I'm not sure. Now, does Cheyenne call my east or west of there? Cheyenne, call both lines. 1-800-618-8255. Or if you can't get that one from Cheyenne, call 1-800-825-5033. Not exactly sure which line is active in Cheyenne. One of the two. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, this is Lewis from Louisiana. Yes, sir. Uh, I was wondering, uh, Gordon Michael Scallion uh, had, had some thermal image maps, and I was wondering uh, what website that was that got them. There are no websites, sir. He has produced those commercially. They're the gigantic maps, uh, his most recent of the world, future map of the world. It's on no website. That's copyrighted material. Oh, okay. But uh, I did find a thermal map tonight that I did find, and uh, I think he's on to something that, uh, that we didn't count on, and I saw something that kind of... Uh, I had to walk away from the keyboard for a minute and come back and look again to make sure I was seeing it right. I think you're actually talking about Stan Deo's thermal maps. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's right. They're up there now, and there are some very, very worrisome things, very worrisome on Stan's latest maps. You're going to want to take a look at that. We need to get hold of Stan again in Perth, Australia. I probably ought to give him a call. And let him explain it. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, um, I'm in Wenatchee. I think Cheyenne is east of the... Rocky. Well, I know it is, but that that was not the point. The point was uh, we've got a break in the lines, you know, east to west, and uh, they included a lot of the west in the west of the Rockies line. Uh, so it may be, I'm not sure which one Cheyenne would call. You okay. see, I'm not, not so much where the Rockies are, but where the phone company uh, decided to divide it. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, sir. Turn your radio off, please. Yeah, I got it. That's good. Where are you? I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minneapolis. All right. Okay, are you ready for this now? I Probably not. Does it involve the five-foot egg? Uh, no, I, I don't know about this five-foot egg thing, but I want to talk about three things. First thing I want to talk about is this, this flying bird you're talking about. Chupacabra. And you were mentioning this incision where it goes in in a single wound? Uh, it's a dual wound, actually. T two. And then inside... There's four. Uh, if you're a fisherman, Art, a fish hook does that. There's a barb on the fish hook. Yeah. A single wound goes in, and then the damage is on the inside from the barb. Now that's your, That's what must be Yeah, but, but what about when the fish hook pulls out? Pro well, I imagine if this bird is biting you, it probably doesn't pull out until you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, next thing I want to talk about is the crater on the moon. What crater? There's the one that's got the, what, a, a dome or a glass dome or whatever? 
Oh, the Richard Hoagland uh, stuff, yes. Do you have the number of this crater? No. International Astronomical Union crater number? No, Richard Hoagland does, though. My uncle was a was probably was a big shot with NASA, and I was a kid in high school, and I was really into it. And he sent me just I got piles and piles of pictures, but I've only got one picture of the dark side of the dark side of the moon from an Apollo mission number ten. And you know my brother doesn't my, my brother doesn't believe any of this stuff, but I've been looking at this thing now since I've heard about this. And I got a picture, and you can see there's something down here in this crater. But I, you know, if, if you knew what the, I don't know if this is, maybe I'm just, you know. Crazy? No, I'm not crazy, but it, it's, uh. A crater creature? It's kind of hard. No, it's, it's, there's something there. It's, it's, it's some kind of a, it's not a big rock or anything, but anyway, I got the, I got the picture, you know. Well, uh, hold on to it or send it to Richard Hoagland and don't miss the Hoagland-Mitchell debate coming up Wednesday. I wonder how that's going to turn out. <laughs> I really, really, really wonder how that's going to turn out. That's going to be quite something. No doubt about it. Again, the magic of radio takes us to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and our affiliate there, KRAE. You're in Cheyenne, sir? Yes, hi, Art. Hi. Uh, this is Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Um, what can you tell us about the water there? Well, uh, I haven't been drinking it, and I don't think anybody else that knows about this is drinking it. But... Well, we didn't know about it until just about an hour ago when I got a fax uh, from all places uh, uh, in Arizona saying you had trouble with your water supply. What's the deal? Uh, according to the news release from the Wyoming Health Department, it says, uh, the Wyoming Department of Health received notification from the Environmental Protection Agency in Denver of a possible high-level contamination of the Cheyenne Municipal Water Supply with a microscopic organism known as Cryptosporidium. Cryptosporidium. So the Wyoming Department of Health, in collaboration with the Cheyenne-Laramie County Health Department, has issued a warning to residents who may have immunocompromised family members to boil water or use bottled water until further notice. Wow. The state epidemiologist explains that there is some question as to the validity of the results of these tests due to high algae levels, which can sometimes present false results. However, because the risk which may be posed to individuals who are more susceptible to infection, mm -hmm. such as HIV positive right. individuals or cancer patients receiving chemotherapy, makes issuance of a warning a necessity. <laughs> uh, so the you, epidemiologist you... said this may well end up being a false alarm, but we can't take any chances. Further testing will be ongoing over the weekend. Uh, they hope to have uh, results by Monday so they can say yes or no. When did this news break? Uh, sometime this evening. I was asleep myself. Oh, okay. So it's it's late news then. Um, yeah, okay. Or, uh, that's so, that's and, very unsettling. I guess everybody's in a panic out here. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is that if you're in good health, you may have no symptoms at all, even if there really is cryptosporidium in the water. But if, if you're a weak or ill person, you know, it could have serious effects. Uh, over a hundred people died from uh, this in Milwaukee three years ago. 
Well, I guess I guess I guess that I would uh, not drink the water until I heard the final report. Right. Well, we don't need an excuse to drink bottled goods here, <laughs> but we have one. Well, I really appreciate your updating us. So it apparently is absolutely true. Uh, it is true that the Environmental Protection Agency has uh, notified the Wyoming Health Department of a possible high-level contamination of All right. the water supply. All right, my friend. Thank you. There you've got it, folks, and I, I appreciate the input from Cheyenne. More and more of that kind of thing these days. And there are a lot of people with suppressed immune systems who would be vulnerable. Maybe it's nature's way of sort of, uh, you know, the old survival of the fittest, right? Boy. Cryptosporidium. Doesn't sound good at all, does it? West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Art. Yes. Yes, I've been listening to Jack here in Vancouver, B.C. Yes, sir. I've been listening with uh, interest all the Chupacabra discussion going down. I've just been thinking about... Uh, different places it might have showed up in literature and history. And the first one I thought of was a book from uh, somewhere in the middle 1800s. It's called A Son of Noah. Yes, sir. Uh, it would be an antediluvian fantasy involving the discovery of an advanced race who uh, worship a pterodactyl-like creature. Maybe the Chupacabra. Or something like it. Do you, do, uh, if you were to, have to hazard a guess about whether this is something old, something new, something that's come through, what do you think it is? Well, um, <laughs> it most likely would be that it had been uh, warped out of some strange laboratory. I would think if it was, if it was new, if it's something old, then um, then we're probably in trouble. And maybe the five foot egg is a super chupa egg. And, uh, a super chupa egg. Oh, <laughs> sir. Best I can do, sorry. Super chupa egg. That's pretty good, actually. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, Dr. Purnell, who we had as a guest, uh, said uh, you really ought to have an M1A1. Uh, if it really is this big five-foot egg, a turret should be pointed straight at it. When it begins to crack, you have options, you know. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in time. on the IRC chat channel will be happy to hear the following. Beginning next week, I am picking up a second Internet provider. So, yes, I'll come visit the IRC chat channel. That's beginning next week. I've been working on that for a while, and I didn't want to say anything until I had it nailed down. You'll hear about it next week. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, hi. Hello. Charles from St. Louis. Hi, Charles. Uh, yeah, uh... So you're not gonna hear any more from this guy uh, that sent the, sent the Roswell uh, debris. Well, I, I just read you the last letter I got, and you heard it same as I did. 
So he's he's out of it. Huh? I read you the letter, sir. <laughs> I can't tell you any more than that. Okay, so you haven't heard. You don't know when we're going to hear anything. I think we're going to have the results from the test preliminary results anyway by Dreamland Sunday. Oh, you will? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, oh, good, good. Okay, because uh, I, I was wondering about that and. Uh, I'll be listening for it. All right. Well, we'll probably have it. I mean, Linda Howe's going to be here, and I got a message from her earlier today saying, well, I, I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll probably have something for you then. She said she had something on it, so we'll see. Hey, Art, I'll bet you whatever laid that five-foot egg has a seriously bruised backside. What do you think, Richard and Covina? And uh, that may be topped simply by Bryn Marie in San Francisco, who says... I've got a pretty good guess as to the creature sounds, what the creature sounds like that laid that five-foot egg. Ouch, is what she says. Yes, that would be. Of course, you know, a five-foot egg might not be a problem for a 20-foot chicken. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. How you doing, Art? I'm all right. This is Daryl in Houston. Yes, sir. Uh, when are you going to get the shortwave on? Well, it's uh, in progress, sir. Uh, it involves a transatlantic satellite link and a commissioning of a Eastern European large shortwave station. We're working on it now. Okay, because KTRH always cuts us off. Well, I mean, morning shows begin. Yeah, well, I want to hear it all. All right, sir. All right. Thank you. Tonight on Fox News, they had a report, get this, of a chupacabra attack in the city of Silmar. Somewhere in California, 20 chickens attacked in one night, drained of blood. Animal control officers tried to blame it on weasels, but when asked about the lack of blood in the bodies, they could not explain. I think they come up with a better explanation than that. At least the Mexico governors try a giant bat sounded better. Man, oh man, oh man, what is going on with all of this chupacabra business? What began as a trickle has become a flood. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, Mr. Bell. Hello. Uh, I have three questions for you. First of all, you were born in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, U.S. Naval Hospital. How long ago was that? In other words, you're asking my age. Well, uh, well yeah, you can tell me, what, like, was it like in 69? I was, the station there? I was born, sir, June 17th, 1945. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. That's one. Uh, secondly, uh, regarding the uh, the uh, uh, water situation in Cheyenne, that came down over the, the, the news lines that there is a parasite in their water. Well, they, they suspect, think. yes. Mm -hmm. Came over the news wires to us? Well, I just talked to someone in Cheyenne, gave us right. the whole story, right. yes. Uh -huh. And the El Chupacabra. Yes. Well, <laughs> maybe that's what that egg is, right? I hope not. <laughs> it would be about the right size, though. Uh, yeah, there, there we go. All right. So so we here in Odessa, Texas, will be watching out for it. Well, Texas is the place of big, right? Yes. So We well. thought it was just a small Texas chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Have a good morning, Odessa. K-R-I-L, I think, in Odessa. Boy, my memory's getting better. I've always had a good memory for things that I want to remember. Call letters have always been easy for me. Radio station ham calls, that kind of thing. But it's a very selective memory. Very selective. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, it's Elizabeth. 
Elizabeth. Hey, you know what, Elizabeth? What? I got a, a cryptic message earlier tonight saying that you had been banned from the local talk station up there. Well... Is that true? A right-wing brother and a left-wing brother bought a radio station together. Really? Mm-hmm. And uh, the left-wing brother is an incredibly good-looking attorney who won a very major free speech case here in Portland. Yes. And um, I was banned by the right-wing brother. Really? But the last, the last, the very last episode was... Why, um, why were you banned? Because they like to use liberals for cannon fodder. What do you think? Well, I know, but why would they ban you? I mean, you, if you don't have anything to aim your cannon at, what fun is it? Well, I haven't been banned by the left-wing brother. The last thing that happened, um, I called his show. The board operator was going to cut me off. The left-wing brother said... Cut Elizabeth off, and I'm getting up and walking out of here, and you can do this show by yourself. Wow. And that was the end of it for now. I'm not calling that station anymore, but... I mean, what did you do to cause this? Just be yourself? No, I, I think I defended liberalism too successfully. Oh. Which is why I called, incidentally. Really? Well, actually, first of all, I have to tell you that I'm very depressed. Why? And I'm not going to stop being depressed until I can debate the quickening until I can wrestle it to the floor, until I can drive a stake through its filthy little heart. Well, yeah, but you can't do that uh, to, to something that exists. I mean, you're trying, it's like people trying to erase history. I don't think so, and I think that I could, I think I could drive a stake through its heart, and I want you to give me the chance to do that. But tonight, the reason I called yes. is because, um, you know, Charlie Liberal almost hit upon something he, he missed. And, you know, I don't really align myself with Charlie Liberal because I don't favor his particular slant on liberalism. I don't find it vigorous, robust enough. But Really? Really. But, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the difference between false conservatism, and I think this is what he was aiming at, and true conservatism. And there's a, there's a huge difference. Well, I was trying to explain that to him. Well, true conservatism is... There, there is none. I mean, it's completely evaporated from our culture. We have no true conservatism. That's why we have the Montana militia, you know, who think that they're conservatives, but they've they've made they've made a pact, they've made a covenant with Yahweh. You know, they want to start a revolution. They've had a revelation. Yeah, true conservatism is not revelationary. You know, it's not like Rev Reverend Rush has a revelation and, you know, you're, we're going to have a right-wing revolution and all that stuff. It's not like that. The Reverend Rush. You know, true conservatism is dead in our culture, and oh, I no. aim to revive it. Well, you're, try you're trying to put a stake through all kinds of things here, aren't you? No, I'm going to revive something for us. I'm going to revive, the, you know, the chief virtue of true conservatism is practical wisdom. Now, don't you see that we need that in our society, Rep? Practical wisdom, Are, yes, of course I do. Well, anyway, I'd like to talk to you about this another time, but um, anyway, congratulations on your rating success. You deserve it. Thank you. Your philosophy of talk radio is perfect. Well, it's just what it is, and um, yeah, it's successful. It's, I mean, it's you may have amazing. a dark mind, Art, but your philosophy of talk radio is above criticism. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elizabeth, thank you. Take care. That's Elizabeth. Banned in Portland. Banned in Portland. Oh, Why do people do that? 
I don't know why people do that. Um, you, you know, it, it's it's kind of thing where uh, it seems to me any talk host, uh, and this is not a reflection, or maybe it is on those people up there, uh, worth their salt, uh, will take anything on. I mean, why ban people? There's only a couple reasons to ban people, and that's bad language and uh, libelous statements. Other than that, any talk host who is not willing to accept whatever comes along is either lazy, in my opinion, uh, or inadequate. Lazy or inadequate. That's a pretty rough charge, I know. But, you know, this should be an open forum. And people behind microphones ought to be willing to take on whatever comes. I'm not intimidated, frightened by, or... Uh, scared of whatever comes up on the phones. It's fun. And, you know, if it's going to be somebody yelping and scream, screaming and screeching at you because they don't agree with you, then that's what it's supposed to be all about. You know, this is not just a mutual admiration society. You've got to allow that kind of stuff on the air, and if you don't, then I don't know what you're doing. Then you've got some sort of... Uh, a choir out there, or the choir is the only one allowed in to say anything, is just not good talk radio, in my opinion. But I, I think a lot of other people catch on to this. Our rating success will uh, ensure that. And the, the other philosophy of talk radio that I have, uh, that I, I feel very strongly about, is that you don't limit conversations to anything in particular. You just do whatever comes up. Sure, I might stimulate you toward one topic or another, but as you well can tell from listening, uh, anything can come up and divert the show in any direction at all, and I wouldn't have it any other way. This, too, is something that uh, if talk radio does not open itself uh, to be more a reflection of people's lives and interests and get a, a lot less preachy about politics, it's going to go the way disco went, in my opinion. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Uh, Aberdeen, Washington. Aberdeen, Washington. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, that last woman that just called you. Elizabeth. Yeah, there, she, there you go. Um, she mentioned the name of Yahweh. I believe she called it Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Are, are you very aware of that name? Yes, I am. Hmm. What does that mean to you? Uh, that means to me uh, one who uh, who would be worshipped. Well, that was the um, original name for the Hebrew God, yeah. which is our God now. One who would be worshipped, sir. I'm, I'm saying that that's the name of the Creator. I understand. That is, but it's a sacred word. But anyway, that's uh, I, that's not what I'm really getting at here. What are you getting? I'm getting at that these. These white, these right wing groups, they do have that. They have that name, and and that's very important to them. And they think that they're untouchable. They think that um, that name saves them from anything. And the fact of it is, is that they're not really saved because they they have committed horrible crimes. They should come out for the crimes, but they 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 will not ever come out. And anybody that thinks that the militias are just going to be defeated and that's all it's going to be, just another thing to blow by is going to realize that it's not that at all. All right. Thank you. Uh, you know, I've got more. I didn't want to get into that because I've got a big Oregonian article entitled Militias Draw Plans for War. 
It's the same story about Hussey, the one I read you uh, the other night. He's the legal guy for a militia up in Oregon, ready to declare war against the military. But I'm not going to end my weekend with discussion of that. We can bring this up next week. Oh, don't forget. Not to forget, please. Apollo 14 astronaut, Dr. Edgar Mitchell and Richard Hoagland together, 1 a.m., Wednesday morning, Pacific Coast time, one of the events of the century in radio. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. It may be very explosive and, you know, I have no way of telling. And uh, so we, I'm just telling you it's going to happen. I, I'm not predicting outcome or anything else. Believe me, it's going to be a, an event. We'll be right back. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. How are you doing? I'm okay. Hey, uh, you know, Elizabeth, I've heard her on your show uh, before, and uh, when it gets close to election time, I wouldn't mind um, hearing her talk extensively about the difference between a um, false conservative and a true conservative. What do you think the difference is? Well, I really don't know. I just have the typical... Ideas about uh, liberalism and, and conservative. All right. Uh, what do you, What do you think the difference is between a real liberal and a false liberal? Well, it seems like the way conservative uh, conservatism is practiced in our society these days, it's really kind of mostly, you know, greed. Everybody after getting after their own self, with very little concern for. All right, you've described what you think a false conservative is. What do you yeah. think a false liberal is? A false liberal, um, kind of a goody two-shoes. Sort of somebody who would spend m money on anything uh, just to uh, enlarge the size of government? Uh, I don't know if their thinking is even that sophisticated. It seems like a goody two-shoes is kind mm -hmm. of somebody that's putting on airs and, yeah. and trying to... Um, Maybe uh, work off some personal karma or something like that. There you are. I, and I'll tell you what. It is my view that our world today is full of too damn many false liberals and false conservatives and that they're uh, the voices that are heard because they screech the loudest and they're driving the political process right now, and I am frankly sick to death of it. Yeah, I am too. It seems like... Um... Matter of fact, I'm sick of politics right now. I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was thinking as we get closer to election, it would be interesting to hear some of her ideas uh, because I've heard her on your program before, and I, I like the way she talks. Well, uh, whether you do or don't like the way she talks, or Charlie or anybody else who calls this program, I really am saddened that uh, people like that are getting banned uh, whether you like yeah. her, her discourse or not, to be yeah. banned from the air uh, because of your strong political views really sucks. Well, I agree with you, but if you come across in a strong, clear, sturdy fashion like she is, you certainly do risk it happening to you. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, that, and that's a shame because it hurts everybody. 
This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Featuring Coast to Coast AM from May 10, 1996. Well, it's Saturday morning. Once again, can you believe it? The weeks, the months, they just race by now, don't they? the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. How are you today? Fine. Hey, it's the weekend. You're right. Time is flying. Listen, uh, kind of a crazy thought that just hit me because I was standing there minding my own business and thoughts hit me every once in a while. Sure. Wouldn't it be cool to have some sort of contest or some sort of way to have sort of a listener be a co-host for a little while? Yeah, I've thought of doing that. I think that'd be really cool. Also, through the use of, of Vidian, and wouldn't it be neat to tie that into like amateur television? And kind of transmit something that way, or like. Uh... Well, that's where the law gets kind of strange. Does it really? Yes, it does. I, I've been trying to get a ruling from the FCC on whether I could uh, uh, put amateur radio on, uh, you know, on, on the commercial broadcast band. I've got my handset right here, and I could actually wire it in, and I could bring it in, and I could do it. I could do it. Talk about a pileup. Oh man, uh, we'd have a blast. But I, you know, I just can't get the FCC to say whether it's okay or not. I don't think anyone's ever asked them that. Well, that's right, uh, and they do, they just don't want to answer that. So I'm afraid to try it. Absolutely. The other thing that I wanted to leave you with is, don't believe polls. You have polls. You can have a poll say anything you want it to say if you fund it just right. Um, the polls that are saying that Clinton is popular, he is or he's yeah. not, or whatever. Polls is yeah. bunk. I wouldn't. Well, it's going to be a whole lot closer. Right now, um, uh, they're saying um, Clinton's 31 points ahead. Now, that's ridiculous. Uh, or maybe it's true now, but it will not be true at election time. It'll be a close election, but I'm afraid Clinton's going to win. And also, have you ever thought of having anybody on from, uh, what is it, doggone it? It's like one of these militia. They're on shortwave, and I can't think of the name of the. The group off the top of my head right now, because I'm a little bit nervous and I shouldn't be. I've been on the air before, but, uh, uh, shucks. Radio Free America. Uh, listen, I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. If I were to have some listener, not as a co-host, but just let him, like for an hour, run the show or something, mm -hmm. who would you have? Me. Well, that's <laughs> selfish. I mean, uh, it somebody. Was my idea. If, I, if it, well, I know it was your idea, but if it had to be somebody other than yourself, who would you pick? Oh, 
think it'd be fun to have uh, one of the liberal callers do it for a little bit. Charlie, maybe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is his last name Manson? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let me let you know. Let me let somebody else get a turn in here. This All right. is really cool. Really enjoy it. Thanks That's for the call. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, maybe we'll do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against that. Let Charlie host it for an hour. Maybe Elizabeth. So she could drive a stake through the heart of the quickening. <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Art. This is Samson in uh, Las Vegas. Yes, sir. Just wanted to say hi to you from the grassy knoll. I figured I'd leave the Internet a little bit and go and see what's going on over here. Call the wild card lines, area 702-727-1295. Couldn't, uh, I didn't get in when she said I missed her. Let's rephrase that. You were messing around. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good choice of words, Art. Thank you. Listen, um... Uh, the interview that I enjoyed today was with Dr. Purnell. I thought that was absolutely excellent. Wasn't that super? Yeah, it sure was. In fact, I was so impressed, I uh, I even emailed him, you know, and let him know. Great. And uh, I hope you don't file him away too deep. Hope he comes back. Well, I, hey, I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> listen, what do you think about, what do you think, let me ask you, uh -huh. what you think the outcome of Dr. Mitchell and Hoagland together will be? Well, to be honest with you, Art, I'm <laughs> I'm not quite the Hoagland fan that you are, but that doesn't matter. I'm, well, I'm asking I'm, you what the outcome uh, will will be. Well, personally, I I really I really personally think that Hoagland is going to lose any side of any credible argument. Um, it is going to be hard for him. Yeah, and, uh, I, and I, you it, know what? I think it's necessary. You know, I, I I celebrate the debate. Yeah, I know. So do I. Uh, yeah. So, so do I. I and, and let me tell you, uh, Hoagland is sending. The photographs uh, to Dr. Mitchell, so we're all going to be on the same page. And Hoagland can say, "Now take a look at that. What's right. that?" You know. Yeah. So well, yeah, that's. Believe me, I'll be, I'll be listening. What day is that going to be on anyway? Wednesday at 1 a.m. Wednesday, well, I'll be where I'll have to tape it. But uh, listen, one of you know, what I was interested in uh, the information I wanted to get was in Dr. Uh, Pinelli's. He mentioned the um, that craft that they're. There is prototype that he's testing. Yes, uh huh. They were going to launch that. Uh, is there any info or anything where we can get? I'll see what I can find out. All right. Okay, great. And we'll get it on the web page soon as we can. And by the way, the cat, my famous cat screech, is up there as a WAV file for those of you that want it. It's on the internet. Also, the story I told about the Chevy that should be up there tomorrow along with the chupacabra, the chupa, the little chupa creature that you can get. Uh, I read a story about that yesterday. That will be on the Internet uh, tomorrow as well. If you have not visited my Internet site, it is a wealth of information and fun. If you've got a computer, uh, go to www.artbell.com. It's kind of fun. There's a very great deal of stuff up there for you and stuff that if you like this show you will be very interested in www.artbell.com it's easy first time caller line you're on the air hey Art I was just calling to uh, make a mention about all these liberals that keep calling in yeah give you a different point of view here a conservative view one thing I was going to say is like a previous caller just said I wouldn't trust the polls I think a lot of the conservatives after we had that big sweep back in November they're starting to get a little upset because things aren't going the way you know they all were. We were all hoping it would be. There's a lot of infighting. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think a lot of the conservatives are just scared to death to even touch the issue of gun control. 
because the conservative voters typically don't speak that loud, so they don't know if they're going to be backed up if they do it or not. It's true. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot can change. Look, uh, the election is not until November. In politics, that's a lifetime. Oh, yes. But, so, I mean, even you said it yourself. You said you're sick of politicians. I, I'm sick of the whole thing right now. I'm just not engaged, and I, I think I'm not unusual. I think uh, most of the American public is either fed up or simply not engaged, not even interested. Yeah, yeah, I see a lot of that. I mean, one of the one of the biggest things you need in a democracy is an educated public. And if you look at what the public school systems are turning out nowadays, they're mm-hmm. getting a lot of people that believe anything they see on TV or hear on the radio. It's true. That really makes for some lousy voting. No, you're absolutely correct. Thank you. There will come a time closer to the election when people will, I hope, begin to get engaged if Bob uh, Dole ever mounts a real campaign. But I don't know when that's going to be, and I do know right now they certainly are not. People are exasperated, frustrated, but not enga- and not engaged. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. Tamara in Wichita. Well, how you doing? How's I'm Wichita? I'm doing fine. I was happy to hear you're number one on our station here. Boy, I'll tell you, uh, the ratings across the country have been astounding. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But it is a reflection of what I've been talking about here for the last hour. People are sick of the same old junk. Absolutely. <laughs> it's much more exciting to hear about things like Chivacabra and, and uh, Crystals on the Moon versus green cheese and bologna and <laughs> five foot eggs. Really looking forward to that debate Wednesday night. That ought to be something. Unfortunately, that's the last hour we get you here, but I intend to listen at least for that time, whatever time they, they last, I guess. Uh-oh, now there's hum on your telephone. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, it wasn't there. It just appeared. Oh, dear, I don't know. It must be something like... There, it, went, it, went, it went away. I was going to say that damn NSA had it, had it again. Oh, probably. <laughs> I was going to tell you, I saw a couple weeks ago on Paranormal uh, Borderline the drawing of the Chupacabra. Yes. And to me, it sort of looked like, if you've ever seen the movie Gremlins. Yes, I have. When the, when they got, I forget they got West, anyway, when they got sort of, um, oh, looking like uh, lizards and stuff, it sort of looked like that to me. Right. But we didn't have a very good picture on the channel that night because we were having a storm. Oh. But what I seen, I thought that reminds me of those ugly gremlins. <laughs> well, it certainly was ugly, wasn't it? Yes, it was, and I hope I never encounter one. <laughs> They're frightening. The thought of it's frightening. It is, and now all of a sudden the reports are absolutely everywhere, and I'm trying to figure out. It's very, very hard, really, to try and figure out whether this is a growing, spreading urban myth yeah, yeah. Or, or whether it's real. I mean, the reports, my God, they're coming from everywhere. I know it. It's amazing what can happen when you just, you know, say one little thing and then, oh, boy, I don't know. And last of all, I've got to know how's Comet doing. Comet is doing better every day. Good. Every day. And uh, he's shown signs of wanting to walk up to me. He hasn't quite done it yet. That's improvement. But he sits there. Now, calmly, instead of running into walls, that's good. Been improved. And he listens to me. Well, good. Bless his little heart. He's, he'll warm up after a while. He will, yes. This takes time. All right, thanks for the call. Thank you. Have a good morning. Take care. Uh, he's still residing in our chest of drawers. That's his safe place. He has made a nest in our in our chest of drawers, and he can somehow crawl behind it. And go into any one of the drawers. There are six. 
And when you want to roust him, you've got to pull each drawer open a little bit at a time. And when you finally get to the drawer where he's located, he slinks out the back and comes out the bottom. It's the damnedest thing you ever saw. First time caller line, you're on the air. Well, hi, our pal. Yes. Amazing. Um, I'm, I'm interested also in uh, Roswell, but I take, I've got a completely different take on uh, Roswell than I think most people do. What is yours? Um, I think that most of the UFO people have got it so far off that it, it's incredible. They don't understand how big space is and how easily it is to move through time as opposed to move through space. Um, Star Trek has uh, warp drive, but reality tells you that space is a very big place. And why would anyone want to come here? I mean, we're talking about desert, which is space. Well, then we would be like an oasis in the desert. So you're answering your own question. If you Look, if you were moving through space and you looked at various planets, very inhospitable uh, with uh, either no atmosphere or poisonous atmospheres, and if you look at Earth compared to all the others, we are green, we are blue, we are inviting, we have life. Oh, wait, wait. So wait. what do you mean, why would they want to come here? Wait, you misunderstand. Oxygen is a toxin. Okay. Rust. Not, not to us. Okay. Well, not to us, because we're native. Well, I mean, if you're talking about a metallic being, then maybe, yeah, they'd come in. Oh, well, no, let's, let's back way up. Okay, first of all, let's, let's think about uh, Roswell and what your reporter uh, suggested, the information you got. They were using fiber optics, which is, um, is the direction that uh, communication was heading anyway. That's true. Okay. Then you take then you take the images of the uh, people that they say you know they um, you have these um, abduction types. Yes. Okay. No. If you were from the future and you were not human, but you were uh, a machine intelligence or a superhuman uh, machine intelligence. And you wanted to manipulate now time to to accelerate your existence because space is a very big place, and they've learned from us that um, I want mine now, and everybody gets theirs later. They've learned from us because we've taught them. We our ATM machines, our computers. Our communication networks. Well, that's all true, sir. Uh, I suppose an alien might, unfortunately, come down in the middle of the night in a city, wander around a little bit, come to an ATM machine, and conclude that that ATM machine is, in fact, the life such as it is on this planet. It's a horrible thought, isn't it? I mean, some of the ATM machines talk to you. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, let me just get the radio, Art. Yes, get that radio. Okay. Well, I'm surprised I got on. Well, why be surprised? <laughs> be happy. I've been calling forever. Well, anyway, you're on. 
Okay, well, uh, this uh, fried foot egg thing just got me on the edge of my seat here. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Um, what I think it is is a um, uh, lake monster egg, like the Loch Ness Monster. That would be cool. Yeah. Imagine a Loch Ness hatching in captivity. That'd be incredible. Oh, it would. See, I've always been more interested in uh, lake monsters than, like, uh, Bigfoot. Why? Well, uh, especially since my... Uh, Grandparents bought a cabin on uh, the Lake Okanagan in B.C. Yes. Where there's supposed to be a lake monster there. Right. And uh, last time I went there, I don't know, just looking out at the, or the lake in the middle of the night, I, you get this feeling in the pit of your stomach like something might be out there. Yep. So uh, I think that would be, like, if they did detect a heartbeat, it's got to be something very strange. Well, look, now, you be careful, because we have no confirmation of this story. You know, we've just got it from a couple of callers now. Right. But it is intriguing. And maybe it is. Maybe uh, you're right, and maybe it's a lake monster. I don't know. What the hell would come out of a five-foot egg? And how many zoologists would required, uh, be required to sit on it to hatch it? Only here. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hey, Art, this is Greg from Canton, Oregon. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing. Hey, uh, did that guy ever get back to you? I think it was last night that uh, he was talking about he was involved in the lab that created the Chupacabra. Um, did he ever no, fax you? no, he has not yet faxed me. I await that fax. Okay. And, in fact, um, I will have him on the air if he faxes me. Okay, well, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know if uh, that's what I was curious about. Well, what would be important is if he really did had a part in creating it, he ought to know exactly what it will do. Yeah, I don't think he did. Oh, who knows? I don't think he did. Uh, I don't know. It sure seems damn funny that... Uh, there's all these chupacabras running around, but we can't get a picture of one. Or well, now wait a minute. I had a call. I had a call from Mexico, and they say they've got it in the newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, that's about all I had. I was just curious about that. All right. Well, stay close to home and watch your neck. Yeah, I'm. I'm out in the. I'm out in the boonies. But you know, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. All right. Fam I, I'll probably just... Uh, famous last words. Remember I, that? Want me okay. worry? Huh? I said famous last words. Want me worry? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. All right, take care. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Morning, Art. Hi. Uh, I have a statement and a, an inquiry. All right. Uh, one thing, I don't think I'd get pregnant for a million dollars. And uh, another thing is, I was curious about that man that that stole all those transformers. Madman, Madman Markham. I wonder whatever happened to him. Hadn't heard anything in a long time. I'm going to have Madman on. I know where he is. I know his phone number. He is still in this dimension. Well, good. And we will have him on again. Well, good. I'll be looking forward to that. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello, uh, this is Mike in Honolulu. Hi, Mike. Uh, um, last night you had a caller that said... Uh, Mike, turn your radio off. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, he said yeah, some cowboy over in Mexico had 
killed one of those uh, singers there or whatever. That's right. Did, did you ever get... Hello? Hello. Did you ever get any more information on that? No, except tonight we heard that there is a, chupa, uh, a chupacabra that may have drowned, and they've got the body, and they've got photographs of it that have appeared now in Mexican newspapers. That's all I know. Oh, well, that would be proof. All, all these stories have one thing in common. No proof, no evidence. Well, what about a photograph? I mean, that's not exactly chicken feed. Well, I don't know about that. But, uh, listen, you know, the, listen, my what? program is over, so you get the opportunity to say, Aloha, America. Aloha, America. That's it, folks. We're out of time. Dreamland Sunday may be a report on the Roswell pieces or its parts. Back with the syndicated show Monday night, Tuesday morning. Good night, America.